Geeks. Geeks. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Geeks, the world's number one entertainment podcast recorded in this room. This week, the room in uh, particular is in Cambridge. We're still in the UK. We're now in Cambridge, my hometown, where I grew up in a hotel room, which is kind of weird and awkward. Room 101. Room 101. Yeah, it is room 101, isn't Funny it? That. it is. Which is a little bit strange. Yeah. Um, I'm your host, Al White. I learned French for about nine years and still can't speak it. Um, I've never really got an urge to go to Thailand and one piece of halloumi will see me through the whole year. Joining me today for a very special podcast is American Psycho, Jamie Adamczewski, Halson. Nicely done. Nicely done. And urban legend, Dan Halson. Hello. <laughs> yeah. How are you doing, guys? I'm not sure when I when I when I say earned the American Psycho mantle. It's very well, very exciting. Yeah, these will tie into these yeah, will tie into an actor in our movie news. Okay, American Psycho and Urban Legend. Okay, but I'm nothing. I'm nothing like Christian Bale. Just to make that clear. Well, <laughs> we'll, we'll be the judge of that. Okay, fair enough. Um, this is the first time I think we've had. It's definitely the first time we've had two brothers on the podcast. I think it's the first time we've had two family members. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think now. Yeah. Yeah, we've had people, a lot of people married and stuff like that, but actual by blood. Yeah. I think this is our first time. Yeah. Blood thinners, yeah. Blood, yeah. <laughs> um, so how are you guys doing? I haven't seen you guys in half a year. Good. No, great. Just, uh, it's, it's for both of us, it's um, children, isn't it, really? It, it yeah. sucks up our lives, which, yeah. is, which is it. Just to, just to, Kian, just to be you clear. have children. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so both of you have one kid on your way to your second kids yes. at the same time. Was that True. planned? No. Are you in synchronicity no, 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 now? No, 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 no. no, it was not planned. Okay. No, it wasn't planned, was it? No. <laughs> <laughs> just a check. <laughs> Well, you I don't have first. like <laughs> synchronized conjugal visits or anything like that. Good. Fantastic. Good. Yeah. Um, so just to clear, Dan, you've been on the podcast before. You were on it. When was when was that? I guess that was Christmas time. Yeah, probably. I'm going to go with that because okay. I can't remember. And Jamie, this is your first time. It is my first time. So thank you. Welcome. Thank you. Um, I know you both from here, from Cambridge. We all went to school together when we were single digits. It's true. Yes. And you two obviously know each other before then. We, we met quite early on. <laughs> <laughs> quite early on, yeah. It was very, very early. Very, um, very early. But yeah, we're, you, Jamie, you and I lived together. We did. For a few years. Yes. Um, and then, yeah, we kind of like moved around each other's lives a lot. We all rotate a little bit. But yeah. I'm very appreciative, very sincerely, when I come back to Cambridge. You two are like, you know, my, my people who are my constants and like my like good friends that I know I can come back and hopefully will still have some time for me when... I can fit into babies. We will like always that. find time for you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, so, Jamie, you're going to handle the uh, game news this week, aren't you? I can. Dan, you're going to do releases? I am. Lots of words to say? Yes. Lots of <laughs> names to pronounce. Or mispronounce, as the case may be, because I may do the same thing with the game news. <laughs> um, but let's, yeah, let's start with doing our, we normally do a weekly catch-up. I've got some things to say this week, but I'm going to... I'll rest my voice for a little bit because I'll probably go on a rant. Uh, we're going to be talking a lot about Suicide Squad this week. We're going to be talking about No Man's Sky and we're going to be talking about Nintendo NX and the future for Nintendo uh, in our eyes, which means gospel. Uh, absolutely. Um, Jamie, when you fill us in a little bit on yes. maybe not necessarily what you're doing right now, but kind of what games are you into right now? If you're not into games, you were telling us a little bit some interesting slash scary stories yes. about your kid that I yes. think you should share yes. and also a little bit how you, you're kind of because you've been a big game your whole life I have and you're sort of dropping in and out of it a bit yeah which is fascinating to me because I've been I mean ever since I've known Al 
which has been a long time. It's been a long, 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 long time. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> We've, uh, I've, All right. I've, I've, <laughs> <laughs> um, access to a console of some description from from the Nintendo early days. I remember playing on Amiga. I remember playing on a on an Amstrad. We used to play on that. We played a little Batman, Batman game Batman, on Amstrad yeah. 9021, yeah. something or rather. <laughs> 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 something like that. Amstrad 9021. <laughs> <laughs> It was a classy green screen. It just had Eddie Murphy in the <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, so I have, I think, um, and during my sort of teenage years, we, you and I particularly, we played a lot of games, and then we played quite a bit, quite a bit of PC gaming, the Monkey Island and the like. When I wasn't playing Castlevania. Yes. Uh, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Sorry. Just throw that in there. What was your Castlevania game? Uh, I was on the Game Boy. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And DuckTales. DuckTales. The original yes. DuckTales yeah. Game Boy. Yeah, so I downloaded that and bought that on Steam. Never played it. Oh, what, the new, yeah, the new sort be, of... Be quite good, actually, yeah, yeah, I played a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I tend to like to switch back to the arcade mode always and see the original kind of look of it rather than yeah. the polished ones. Sorry, Jamie, we're yes. stamping yes. over your second. Sorry, no, no, not at all, not at all. Um, so I, I never owned a console, but I always had friends around me who did have it, and I used to play avidly, and used to piece, also PC gaming. And then when I was old enough and I had myself a job, I got myself a Dreamcast. Yes. And then it started. It's in my attic. Yes. It's in your attic, is it? It's the Dreamcast is in my well, attic. Well, I've got a second one in my house, in the oh, house really? as well. So that's interesting. We've ended up with two Dreamcasts, and, which is well, good. I had, I had two in the attic at one point. One of them was ours. I think I gave it back to you a few years ago. You did? Yeah. Mm. This is those really UMDs, baby. <laughs> the UMDs, brilliant. Those fucking UMDs. Were they VDUs or something? The kind of just visual display unit things. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tamagotchi type VM, arrangement. VMU UMDs. Yeah. Why is it called UMD? I don't really know. Don't know. Universal Media. Um, there you go. Not device. Display. Display, display device. Um, DJ. DJ. Yes. We solved it. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so just to skip the story really quickly, not to bore all your listeners. Yeah, let's do your entire happen. life story. My entire life story. Disket. Yeah. Disquette. Disquette. Yes. Discotheque. Yeah. Disco, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's go disco. Anyway, sorry. I apologise. So the Dreamcast onwards, I owned every console. Yep. Um, every console of every generation. And I w- would consider myself to be a fairly advanced, certainly a very, very keen gamer. And in recent years, I've found myself dipping in and out. I've, I've, been in, I've, I've owned the games, I've played the games, but I've just not been quite so taken by things. Um, they've not grabbed me, you know, it might just be as, you know, changes in life, things change. But my little boy got me back into gaming um, in a big way with Minecraft, um, which was the last thing in a million years I would have imagined me playing um, with him. But he is absolutely phenomenal. He puts me to shame. His ability to play that game is phenomenal. Um, how, old, how old is your kid? He's seven years old. Yeah. That's been been going for years, hasn't it? I mean, his, oh, he's his been pl- to be he's been playing since he was one. But that's he's sitting on my knee with a controller in his hand. Yeah. Um, not necessarily playing oh, the game, not, not not necessarily playing the game, but holding the controller. So obviously familiar with the controller. Yeah, because I remember when you first had him, and you were kind of like, I'm going to try and see if he wants to get in video games. Yeah. You're trying him out and stuff at a yeah. very early age. Now it's so weird to have that role yeah. switched a bit. Is that he's giving it back to you? Well, he is quite. So we we sit we sit and play Minecraft, and he's a really big fan of. Stampy Cat, a viabilistic squid of all these big YouTubers. You know, oh, you know. I was so confused. Yeah. I thought you were naming games. Like, what the fuck are these games? Like, <laughs> Stampy Cat. Hey, Stampy Cat. 
So for those of you who don't know, Stampy is one of many YouTubers who play Minecraft, do Let's Play with Minecrafts, but then they've managed to focus their energies on telling children stories, on focusing what they're doing in their worlds to entertain children, which is brilliant. They drive me nuts, and to be quite honest, I'd, I want to stab myself in the head with a pencil sometimes and listen to what they're talking about, but it's inspired my son to the point now where he sits and plays Minecraft in front of me and he will narrate his own videos. So, completely impromptu. He'll go, hi, welcome to my lovely world. Today we're gonna to go and do this, this and this. And it, it absolutely blows my mind. And then he sits there and I, he'll ask me, daddy, can you help me with this redstone? You know, building all the redstone circuits and everything. And um, I sit there and I, I cannot for life me work it out. I go away for five minutes, come back and he's, he's got it working and more. And it, it's just incredible, the prowess of of children picking up this stuff is amazing. This is legitimately, because you were telling me a bit about this before, you know, we're, we're on mic, and it's terrifying and fascinating to me at the mm. same time because it's unavoidable, but yeah, this is the new generation. This is what we're moving it into. Is. And this, uh, what I, I mean, the, the technology gap is one thing because that's always going to be there, yeah. you know, and yeah. they'll get to our age. There'll be a new technology gap. They won't understand to do with mist and stuff. I don't know. Yeah. Not the video game mist. We're moving I into a riven that. era. That's what's um, but no, but it... it oh, don't do it. Don't do it. Um, Going into exile. But what's really... Uh, oh, fucking hell. <laughs> no, but what's really fascinating about it is something I hadn't thought of before is kids growing up essentially with YouTube personalities being their heroes. Yes. in many ways and yes. being the people that they learn things from which is a very scary sentence yes. um, and I appreciate there are ones you know and I, I have no idea with this dude uh, what do you call him again? Stampy Cat Stampy Cat because he's got like 9.5 million you're saying? 9.5 like, million subscribers this yeah. guy makes a mint I yeah. mean it absolutely blows my mind How does he make money out of it? Well the fascinating thing about him is without digressing too much making it completely uninteresting um, he, <laughs> I'm, I'm interested he's now been courted by an American company and a production company. And, and he's just sending him chocolates, flowers, and winky faces. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Not quite, but probably. Um, but he, one of his series he designed was called, uh, I think, Wonder Quest or something along that line, which is uh, specifically aimed at educating children. It's being used in in prime in well in, in what's the first year in America? It's not, it's not primary school. We have uh, primary schools over here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kindergarten. Kindergarten's for is for for preschool, isn't it? I don't know, man. Uh, you're, anyway. the ones, you're the ones with kids. Aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> so, but basically, it's aimed at those kids, and it's this massive, big event. Whenever his, one of these series come out, and they have lots of special guests on, which could be YouTubers or famous people, mm. and they come on and they teach these kids stuff within the world of Minecraft. And it's absolutely amazing. So much so that now, Microsoft have released the educational edition of Minecraft. So now they can go into schools and they will learn Minecraft. There are schools in this country that are learning Shakespeare, geometry, algebra, all these different sort of staples of uh, school curriculums using Minecraft. Which I can't is, understand which it. Which I can't get it either. And it, it blows my mind. Thinking what we actually had when we were at school, we had, a, what, 20 BBC computers in a room. No, and we, that was about it. We had that little tool trolley with the little CRT TV and That's the VHS. Right. And it wheeled it out to show us the 1960s version <laughs> yes. of Romeo and Juliet. And somebody would have a little, a little remote control on their watch. <laughs> and then, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and then everyone, everyone would get really sleepy watching it. I thought, I actually really liked Romeo and Juliet. I liked the, the song. Yeah. Um, and then everyone would wake up at the end because remember, like, she gets out of bed for a second and then her right. boobs come out. Yeah. <laughs> and the teacher would rush over to the <laughs> 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 turn it off as quick as possible. Yeah. 
That's what we had. Now they're fucking Minecraft now doing Minecraft. Shakespeare. No, it's absolutely amazing. Well, it Yorick's is, skull will look weird. It is really interesting. I mean, from from that perspective of you know the, the best way for a kid to learn is for them not to entirely realise they're learning. Yeah, and I yes. think that's what's fascinating that's about true. that. Is, that's true. It's for true. them. They're just playing a game, and that's something they enjoy. Yes. It's like a Rosetta Stone um, yes. sort of version of learning, where you're learning by doing, yes. rather than yeah. by being taught. What I what I really appreciate about about where schooling is going now and particularly even some technology is they're embracing it and they're actually encouraging children to go and be creative mm-hmm. and, I, and I think as kids I think we can all agree that we weren't encouraged to be creative in the ways no. so we probably needed to be creative yeah. when we were at school and it's, ama- and it's amazing he'll come back with these projects to do and he'll immediately think oh this is something I can do using Minecraft I can make a film here I can do this sort of thing that's great which is great I can use my computer or we can do this we can go to the library we can do this and do this research and then we can hey, do this amazing hey, hey we had Microsoft and Carter hey <laughs> hey, 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 hey calm down yeah, we did have in Carter it's not, not quite the same thing but I agree <laughs> Um, no, it, it, it's a whole new era. It's fascinating. And yeah, I think there's a lot of wonderful stuff about it. And particularly teaching in those kind of ways. There's a very good uh, Michael Moore's new documentary, Where Do We Invade Next, has a very good... Um, he kind of jumps around the world stealing ideas from different places. And he gets a great teaching um, idea yeah. in one of his segments yeah. to, to do with that kind of thing. And essentially, uh, I think, oh, man, is it Finland, I think, who have the greatest um, schools in the world in terms of success mm. stories, like you know, from whatever. Um, and... It all comes down to basically not giving them homework and it all comes down to allowing kids to go out and play more and to interact and to build a social environment where you're learning things by living your life, essentially, and absolutely, obviously, no standardized tests ever um, because they are ridiculous. Um, And, yeah, basically going, well, yeah, well, they might say, hey, I want to go out and play in the tree. So we go, cool, go and play in the tree instead. And they go and do that, but, uh, yeah, but when they're doing that, they'll find some bugs and they'll come back with questions about these bugs and they'll go to the library and they'll look up this stuff on mm. their phone, not the library. <laughs> but they'll learn stuff by interacting with things and, you know, doing stuff. And mm. Doing it in Minecraft is a little bit different. Yeah, very much <laughs> um, But, yeah, I think it's in, it seems to be falling into that same bracket of, yeah, learn by exploring and trying yeah. things and being creative. And, well, quite. Which is uh, great. Which which I saw, I think we sorely missed as children. And I think it's really sad that it's taken all these years to get to that stage. And and sadly, sadly sad to say that it's also technology that's encouraged that to happen. Yeah. Well, what's, what's sad about that? Well, it's sad it's taken so long. Yeah. It's sad that yeah. we had to wait for technology. So I mean, we couldn't come up with our own clever ways of doing the same things all those oh, years yeah, ago. I mean, yeah. I but the next people... generation will say that, you know. Next mm. generation will look yeah. at this. These kids that are growing up now and say, oh, we're so sad they don't have the stuff that we have now that changed everything, you know. It's always going to happen. It's never going to mm. stop. Progress. 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 But you don't always go forward. You go backwards mm. and sideways. Which is why Trump is terrifying. Okay. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Uh, Dan, how <laughs> have you been doing since we last had you on the podcast? Um, I've, I've been... Very well, thank you. Um, I've been trying to fit in whatever gaming I can, uh, and generally um, that has been Witcher 3 and not a lot else, I have to admit. You playing um, all the expansions and stuff? I have, yeah, yeah. Um, I've obviously, um, Blood and Wine most recently, which was definitely a refreshingly bright world. It was as you bright were and early. light, yeah. 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 And, and and that was definitely nice. I, I'd enjoyed the environment, I have to say, more than the story all told. I think the story was, was a, an interesting take on the whole kind of vampire sort of uh, thing. Um, uh, you know, and, and definitely interesting, but I don't think it took it as far as I wanted. And it was all over too fast. And I actually found myself kind of bailing out kind of towards the end as I knew I'd gone kind of 
past that point of no return mm. and trying to clear up what I could because I knew the reality was, again, given time and trying to fit things in, that once I did those missions or quests, that, that was it. That was going to be the end. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I really genuinely enjoyed that. I think that's the, the first game I've loved in quite a few years, definitely. Um, but there have been there have definitely been some, some smaller things. Another one I, I ended up really loving was Unravel. Um, oh really? Yeah, mm. I I really loved Unraveler. It was a very short and mm. sweet little experience, and I thought it again. You know, uh, we were talking about Zach Braff and his uh, uh, wish. You wish you were here. Wish I was yeah. here. Wish, 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 wish I was, I was here. here. Wish you were here. I, I wish you were here. That's the Pink Floyd album. Here. Now I'm confused. Yeah, uh, I don't know. that uh, one. That that one anyway. Um, and um, and yeah, I I mean, um, it it really had heart. Um, it was a it was a very earnest game. Uh, it did have problems. It had some frustrations and on, but um, and it was in places just a little bit almost twee, um, I'd say in terms of the story. But I think ultimately it was it was a beautiful, very condensed little experience, and yeah, I, I genuinely loved it. It was just nice. Out of interest, did you play through Ori and the Blind Forest? Uh, not all the way, but I did really enjoy it. Uh, I mean, I was playing that just when 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 my uh, littlest when he was when he was born. Um, and um, yeah, it was uh, really enjoyed that. Um, mm. I really did, but it got to a point it was just too, comp- it was too difficult. Basically, mm. you know, I felt like a bit of a kind of worth saying it, but the, the 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 reality was, I think, just the. I think I remember you actually came over, Al. You mm. you came over, kind of just sort of in the middle of that, and and I think the thing was, I mean, when I handed, I remember handing you the control at that point where I was in the game, and the reality was just to be able to pick it up, you needed to know such a vast array of yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. complex moves in order to jump into it. And I think one of my problems was I, I then didn't have an opportunity. I kind of lost it, came back to it, and I found it too difficult too, to yeah. jump straight back mm. into. But also I started to get just a little bit bored of that difficulty too. It wasn't mm. giving me enough. It wasn't... Mm. It wasn't. sounds like quite a repetitive game, to be mm. fair. Yeah. Like, mm. um, I, yeah, I didn't get through it. And, and what is the point of being able to go back in these levels? I, I never really got that. I mean, I, I, it was a nice idea mm-hmm. to have them almost kind of an open-worldy sort of, sort of element where you could travel back. But the reality was it could be so difficult to get to these places in the first. Why on earth did I want to go back, you know? Mm. Yeah, you have to really want to enjoy that exploration mm. uh, for a Metroidvania type yeah. game. I don't really like retracing my steps in any video game. So I'm not a big mm. fan of Metroidvania stuff. I like some of the old Castlevania games just because... Got a whip. Maybe, yeah, you got a whip. That's, yeah. That does it for me. Yeah. That's my rule. <laughs> it's got a whip. I like it. Mm, um, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But did you, have you played Inside yet? Uh, no, I've, 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 I'm, yeah, really keen to. Um, it's okay. on the list at the moment. It's a little bit more than I'm, I want to spend. But. Interested? You could, I mean, that's that's a phenomenal game. That's um, the Creative Limbo, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, that's the one they've been working mm. on for like six years or whatever. Mm. Um, very similar to Limbo, many, many, many yeah. ways, but much better. Yeah. But in different ways, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and someone was saying that they had written in because they had real trouble. They try to play Unravel after they played Inside, mm. and they couldn't get through it. And they're wondering if you know if they played Unravel first, and they would have actually enjoyed it, and then Inside. But once you played like I don't know, like like something that really appeals to you and hits all those notes, it's mm. hard to go to the other stuff. And yeah. I think I just had the same thing with Unravel. Like for me, it was we, I've talked about it a bit on podcasts, so I won't go on about it. But for me, it was it felt insincere to me. It felt like Ubisoft trying to make an indie game. If you know what yeah. I mean, it felt like it had a nice message in there 
beautiful art style. Like the art style's mm. gorgeous, and I love Yanni so much. Yeah. I think he's great. Mm. But I found the game mechanics really sloppy. How, how far through did you get? I got about. I'm trying to remember now. I played for about six hours. I think five hours. Because I, I think it was it was the final um, it was the final level that kind of cemented it for me as such a great experience, and it right, really right. stuck with me because of it. Um, I don't know whether you you played. No, I I, I put I rage quit it. Yeah, I yeah. rage quit both of them actually. Unravel yes. and Ori in the, Ori in the Blind Forest. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, Ori in, the inside Blind I haven't I haven't played. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I didn't quite. I, I no, it's a three hour experience, isn't it? Yeah, I, you I did something that I can. Buy, get through, but you can yeah. yeah, it's something that I'm quite happy, quite content. I can get through that. Um, but Ori in the Blind Forest, it was just there were both both that and um, Unravel felt like they were punishing for the sake of being punishing, to an extent. And 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 see, unravel. I, I enjoyed had that, that. There was it was. It's interesting because okay, I'm, I apologise for bringing my son into this again, but no, he he absolutely adored unravel, yeah. and you could see with him. Now, granted, it's a game that's aimed at a certain age bracket and a certain group of people, a certain ability. But you watch him play, and it was by the time he got to about level three. He was getting as frustrated as I do when I rage quit something, and he could visibly see it, which I thought was fascinating. Which I, which I think was all indicative, perhaps, of of that learning curve and that and that. Um, see, but I think level used, steepness being too high. I think you used the quick. right word there for me because yeah. for me, Ori, yeah, was too hard, and it wasn't. A, it was a bad game. It was like this is an excellent game. If you're into this stuff, yeah. I don't. It's too hard for me, and it's not really what I want. Unravel for me was too frustrating and I didn't actually like the puzzles I didn't no. like the physics I felt it was a bit sloppy and it didn't work for me so that was just the game where I was like I, I, it's, I don't think it's my fault I don't like this or I'm finding this hard I feel like it's the game's fault which mm. was a problem See, it's, it's funny I mean my, my experience was quite quite the opposite and I played it to relax Interesting. Uh, for me maybe maybe because I'd been playing yeah. Ori in the Blind Forest prior to that I'd done a few other quite grueling games that I was struggling mm. to kind of get through I think before that it was probably Fallout Four, you know, uh, you know, which which wasn't hugely difficult. It was just it was quite miserable and oh, heavy, yeah. you know. Um, and for me, Unravel was, uh, yeah, I unraveled. It was it was relaxing. I yeah. put it on to, to to chill out. And for me, that was yeah, it was perfect. You and, should definitely try yeah. Agatha Christie's ABC murder. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Excellent, incredibly relaxing stuff. Uh, okay. Um, any sorry, any other games you want to talk about? You can move on. We move on. Um, all right. So I've been. What have I been doing? I uh, played some Abzu last night. The new oh, PS4 exclusive with the uh, from the art director and composer and a bunch of people who made mm-hmm. Journey. Um, so I saw this at E3. I'd seen it around peripherally and I thought, wow, it looks really pretty. But no one was queuing up to play it. It was on a very small little mm. dock. So well, okay. In my stupid head, I was like, okay, it's not worth my time. I'll look at some other stuff. Because I thought, well, I get, if it's really pretty, there's a lot of pretty indie games nowadays when you walk around the floor of an E3. So you need to have some buzz to actually think, well, that one's one that has some meat to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't realize it was by these people. Otherwise, I would have checked it out properly. And it was only as it came to being released a couple of days ago that I realized, oh, it's, it's actually by a lot of the people wow. who did Journey. Not the main lady, but a whole bunch of them. Mm-hmm. And from what I played Journey last night... That, that game. That yeah, that game company. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a new one they're called Squid something. I can't remember. Yeah, Squid. Oh, Giant Squid, I think. Giant yeah. Squid. Yeah. Um, and it's alarmingly like Journey. Like really? alarmingly. You, you start the game, um, no spoilers, um, and I've only played a couple of hours of it. Um, but you start the game just like Journey in terms of, you know, like you see the sand in Journey and you're panning through it and then you find your character and it sits up in the sand and then you're just left there. 
mm. and you suddenly realize, oh, I can control the character now. Yeah. But on this one, you start looking at the sky reflected in the ocean, and then you zoom past the ocean, and then you go into it, and then you come out, and then the camera just stops, and your character's there floating in the ocean, and it's like, off you go. And you just suddenly realize, <laughs> oh, I can control my character, and, off, and you go and do it. Mm. And the beats I've had in the first two hours are alarmingly similar to the Pizza mm. Journey in right. terms of, and the composer is the same, so the music's mm. very similar. So mm. for me, I'm elated because Journey is potentially my favorite game ever made in many ways. Um, it certainly is an experience. And so this one's just great to dive, excuse me, dive back into that kind <laughs> of experience and just a mood-based, you know, beautifully designed, wonderful music. There's like a thousand different types of unique fish in the mm. game and you can cat, you can hold onto the backs of them to float around and stuff. and mm. It's gorgeous. And then they keep doing the same thing as Journey at the beginning of this game where it's like little hints of there's some danger and there's something weird happening as well in the world and you're not sure what it is yet. Mm. So I'm interested to see how that develops. But mm. definitely recommend that game. Yeah, if you're does, does it have that online kind of element to it? No, it no. doesn't have any no. online element yeah. that I know of. Um, yeah. And I've listened to a bunch of reviews. Um, I, but, think, I think that's a game that... I thoroughly enjoyed Journey. Journey was was my relaxation game. Talking about relaxation games, yeah. and I suspect absolutely it's going to be just that. And I've purposely yeah, tried to steal away from too much footage. Yeah, the, the swimming mechanic is very good. It's kind of like driving a car. Your right thumb, your right stick. So not your right stick. Your right trigger gets you to go uh, forward basically, and your left mm. stick is kind of to brake and stuff. And it mm. feels very nice. Um, but no, for me, we'll talk about this a bit before, Dan, because you, you haven't got a PS4 yet. And yeah. you're saying it's kind of frustrating because all these cool little indie games yeah. keep coming up. And it, I was looking at them last night. I was going from my library on PS4. And it really has. It's pulled up like a really great collection it, it happened again of exclusives. Later in the life the lifetime of, of, of the, the console, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That, that's for the PS3. It was similar. And, you yeah. Know. Mm. Uh, but uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I might, yeah, I put down a few here, just just ones like if you've got PS4, like Everybody's Gone to the Rapture, Brilliant. which is a gorgeous game. Phenomenal game. And it's so weird if you're from England and you're living in yeah. America the most time, like I do, because you're walking around this very English quaint little village that feels like the one I have a cottage in and stuff. And so it's kind of, it's surreal. Uh, the Vanishing of Ethan Carter. Brilliant. I really, really want to play that. Really yeah. I've actually, I own it on Steam, yeah. but uh, I don't have a. Yeah, a lot of these are on yeah. PC. Yeah. So. But both of those um, I consider to be highlights for me. Firewatch. Um, yeah, Firewatch are two. Firewatch yeah. I've got on Steam as well. Um, obviously, PT, yeah. which you can't get anymore, mm. but that's definitely one. Um, yeah, and obviously, Journey and the Unfinished One have been done up again yeah. for PS4, so they look better than they were. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of really cool, interesting uh, walking simulators in a way, kind yeah. of thing, but just these little beautiful yeah. um, games. Um, I've been playing a bit Overcooked last night as well, oh, which that? is this new game on Xbox. It's really good. Yeah. It's really good. It's couch co-op only. You really need more than two people to do it, though. We're okay. struggling with two people. I was playing with my mum, making these cooking these burgers, <laughs> making these buns as you're trying to get them out. It's really good. Yeah, okay. I'm it's up for that. <laughs> okay. I don't know how much it was, to be honest. I think it was pretty cheap. I think it was only like £6 or something. Um, if it's more than that, wait till it goes on sale or whatever. But it's a, it's, if you've got three people in the house to play or something, it's a good game. Yeah. You can play it over, the, over the web, can't you? It's not no, restricted. No, no, no I can't. think it's just it's couch, couch co-op. co-op. Okay. Pretty sure it's just couch co-op. Um... And I, yes, I yeah, played a bit of the Batman, the Telltale games, Batman oh, yeah. thing as well. Which I'm just, I'm just done with Telltale. I think to be honest, I'm break. kind of just yeah. bored of it all. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I'm sorry, but everything's moving on quicker, and the the engine. This is a new engine, and it's just still janky. Like it looks good for Telltale, but it's still not smooth enough. You know, it's still yeah. I don't know. 
I d- downloaded the Wolf Among Us, which was um, was that a, a that's gold? my personal favorite. Yeah, gold, yeah. and um, yeah, I still haven't had a chance to play it. I fired it up, but I haven't actually had a chance. to That one's really good. It. Yeah, that one's really good. Yeah, um, but I think I mean I think there's basically there's enough Telltale games, and you pick the one that you know is your flavor. I don't think you need all of the Telltale games. It's too mm. much. Too much. Mm. But my big thing I want to talk about <laughs> is Suicide Squad. So this week has been huge uh, with chat about Suicide Squad. It was the new DCU film, or DC, what they call it? It's not even, they're not even called EU, DC. They're calling it the DC Extended Universe. Dan sat back so he can relax for a while. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is technically the third film in DC's answer to the Marvel Universe. Um, so we have Man of Steel. Yes. Batman uh, vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, came out earlier this year. Now we have Suicide Squad. We've got Justice League coming, Aquaman, Wonder Woman. Uh, Man of Steel 2 has been confirmed that's still going to come as well. A new solo Batman movie, all that jazz. Um, but this is the one that was causing a lot of weird controversy because no one knew how it was really going to work out. It's the one with all of Batman's like villains team up together um, and become a disposable, kind of like the Expendables, really. <laughs> Expendable <laughs> squad for the, uh, DC for the government to use. Yeah. Universe. Yeah. Um, Batman was going to be in it. Um, I'm not going to do any spoilers, so don't worry if you haven't seen it yet. But chances are, from the amount of money it's made, you have seen it because it's it's done staggeringly well. Um, but we're going to get into that later in box office because I feel there's a few caveats with that. But it had this huge whiplash because people fucking hated this movie. It came out and the majority of people hated it so much. It was thrown the word sexism, sexist at it, misogyny at it. Just awful as, as an actual movie, as a hollow experience. And yet... There were a bunch of people, um, and one of them's uh, our friend of the podcast, Craig Coban, who's a great critic in Canada, and he was standing up for the film, saying he actually thought it was a really good, enjoyable movie, much better than some of Marvel's worst films, like Thor 2, like, uh, what else? I think he said Incredible Hulk as well, I think he said. Okay. Um, and they're standing up for it, and uh, kind of calling out, well, look, you know, everyone's pointing at the DC's U is in trouble after this, and Batman v Superman, but it's made shit tons of money and Suicide Squad ended up in North America breaking records in August for biggest opening night ever in August ever um, so it was kind of hard to know really what the impact is going to be on DCU so I want to get into that in a second uh, Jamie you've seen uh, Batman v Superman you've seen Man of Steel yeah I've, re- I've rewatched Man of Steel recently but I watched the extended version of the cool. Batman v Superman that's good yeah. uh, you haven't seen Suicide Squad, Squad yet but no. you can add a little bit to that I want to first of all say what I think about Suicide Squad and I was trying to think the best way to sum up how I feel about it. And I decided the way I was going to do was kind of explain my emotional journey as I watched the film. Because I feel that's the most succinct way for me to do it, rather than really tackling it piece by piece. So I wrote down a little thing here. What does it say? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? So, so I walked into the film. Now, just to be clear, um, I, I really want films to be good. I don't want people thinking, like, I come across like a Marvel fanboy on this and I'm a Marvel fanboy because yeah I like majority of the Marvel characters more than I like DC characters I love Batman I love Harley Quinn I love Joker I love a lot of these characters that are dealing with Killer Croc I love um, and I really want every movie to be good I never go into a movie hoping it to be bad I went into this one kind of excited and cautious because I knew people hated it and I knew some people really loved it and that for me means well it's going to be an interesting movie which is better than a bland movie that everyone's just like meh it was alright so I really wasn't trying to push, you know, my my feelings either way. Um, so <laughs> I sat down. It felt like half crowded cinema. Um, 
it starts it's like a 90s it's all a lot of purples a lot of greens a lot of joker colors um it's like a 90s sort of acid trip of a hip-hop movie kind of thing <laughs> it's just it's it's so surreal as soon as it begins it's 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 and it was re-edited there are a bunch of re-edits apparently which there are often with these movies and one of them was by a company that make trailers and that's exactly what it feels for the whole movie <laughs> um oh, and it's freeze framing constantly with like stats coming up on the screen for different oh. characters which i can enjoy in the right you know frame of mind However, they keep changing fonts for each character, and some of them are completely irreadable. You just can't read what they're saying. And they move way, way, way too quickly. Um, but it began, and I was immediately... I was immediately kind of laughing at it and with it. I wasn't sure, like, it was entertaining and weird and messed up, but I couldn't really tell if it meant to be or not. Then people started talking, um, and I literally just got blown off. I was immediately just shaking my head. And I was actually physically shaking my head. When you're sitting in cinema by yourself and you're just shaking your head at dialogue <laughs> that's going on, yeah, it's not a good sign. You've reached a whole new level of bad, really, haven't yep. you? Yeah. Um, and then I was in just disbelief at the pacing in the movie, mm. what it's doing, the editing, uh, the awkward shots, like really fucking awkward shots and really messy CGI. Then I ended up with about an hour and 15 minutes of this movie this really weird emotional feeling where you're sitting on your own in the cinema and you're squirming with embarrassment that you're in the cinema to see this movie and that's a public thing and there are people around you i was suddenly really acutely aware there are people around me who know i'm in here and they know i paid money to watch this movie but then i was like but hang on they paid fucking money to watch this movie so then i'm trying to kind of watch the film but also socially be aware of are people enjoying this movie is everyone feeling the same <laughs> is, shame is i'm right feeling right now smile and get some enjoyment out of this movie no 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 <laughs> just no genuinely like just so embarrassed to yeah. be watching it because it's let me just say it right now it's fucking awful this movie <laughs> it is fucking atrocious it's one of the worst films I've ever seen in my entire life and there's no hyperbole with that and I know Craig if you're listening buddy I love you I'm happy you got enjoyment out of this but I want to sit down in a room with anyone who likes this movie and as I'm watching it I'm like, I want to go frame by fucking frame through the shots through the dialogue choices through the editing through the effects point at them look at the person who likes that bit and go just explain to me what you're getting out of this because it's so horribly put together and i go through this horrible embarrassment of just feeling you know, just dreadful that i'm watching this thing and i want to walk out and then it just subsides into boredom and i'm just oh, now i'm just completely bored and I, i've used up all the emotions i have to, to how much i can dislike this film but i've got to sit through it because i don't walk out of films and maybe it gets better who knows and by the end, honestly, I was just baffled. I had no idea what was going on. There's this massive fight that happens with a bunch of CGI things. There's a girl who looks like she's hula dancing, but there's no hula hoops. Um, I'm not kidding. That's weird. And, <laughs> and, and the character arcs in this movie, I can't even... I just, I wish you guys had seen it. I want to take people to see this movie so they can go through the fucking ordeal I had to go through so we can talk about it. And if someone likes something, I genuinely just want to understand. I want to understand why, how they can like it, how anyone with half a brain can like this movie, because everything about it is horrible. Your main two characters are Will Smith, who's playing this guy called Deadshot, 
and he's the most sympathetic character and he's he's a he's a serial killer assassinating uh hitman and uh he's he's he loves his daughter basically and he's been taken away from his daughter and and it's just fucking playing to that the whole way through they're walking through the city and there's like a sort of weird sort of ancient egyptian i don't know ancient god monster <laughs> i don't even know there's what's the, happening the fact you there's can't even describe it kind of speaks volumes to i don't me. really know what's happening there's some weird ancient gods and they're causing havoc and and he pauses at a window and there's some fucking display of kids clothes like just you know like mannequins with kids, and he just stops and the music goes like all sad and you just look at him looking at it in his ridiculous costume with his big gun oh, and he's just staring at it and you're like oh he wants his oh he's a good guy really he's missing his daughter and then this fucking character so here's, here's the big thing with this film people are calling it sexist they're saying it's misogynistic if you're listening to this and you have problems with this movie and a lot of people do and your problems with that is sexist I want to know what you mean because here's, here's the thing I'll stand up for a couple of things in this movie I don't, it's not sexist the way most people, so I read an article today from The Guardian and they're talking about how Harley Quinn in it is potatoes in hot pants, I don't know if you've seen the trailers for it, it's very, very mm. sexy, it looks incredible, mm. it's a big thing of like, it's misogynistic, how they're portraying Harley Quinn, DC are very sexist with their characters, I'm going to stick up for DC a few ways here, because they keep saying Marvel are uh, sexist, uh, sorry, not sexist, and DC are, guess what, DC have a Wonder Woman movie coming out with the lead, uh, they're going to do a Harley Quinn one. Uh, they're doing good things with female, strong female characters. Marvel have not done... They've been around for 10 years doing this shit. They haven't done one single female-led solo movie yet. Not one. However, we call them not sexist because they don't dress their girls in sexy attire, whereas DC have dressed Harley Quinn in, in clearly very provocative attire. That's not a fucking problem. Okay, look, this movie <laughs> starts with Will Smith nearly naked muscular as hell like a completely i can't ever be that a completely unreasonable <laughs> expectation of what a man's physique should be in his cell just hanging out looking gorgeous and naked we have another dude who's really muscular who's topless the entire fucking movie the entire fucking movie and guess what that's fine i don't care that's cool i have many female friends of mine who want to go and see the new Wolverine movie because it's got Hugh Jackman looking sexy in it. They're waiting for him to take his top off and they love it. They want to see Magic Mike because Channing Tatum looks awesome in it and sexy. They want to go and see Thor because they want, you know, uh, what's his face? Is the dude from Thor? Uh, him. They him. want yeah, that him, Chris Hemworth. Chris Hemworth. They yeah. love him taking his top off. Guess what? Great. Enjoy that. Yeah. That's fine. That's fantastic. I don't have to feel guilty because she looks fantastic in hot pants, you know? The actress wanted to do it. It actually makes sense for the character. She does a fucking... She's the only good actor and interesting character in this whole film. Harley Quinn is amazing in this film. And basically, people are calling it sexist because she looks too good. <laughs> and I have a problem with this fucking PC world we're living in right now where because something is sexy... That makes it sexist. I only think of uh, Flight of the Concords when he says, she's so, so hot, she's making me sexist. Yes, that's the thing. <laughs> that is the thing. Fun. Because it's sexy, it's not sexist. Magic Mike is not sexist. However, if there was a movie right now, you know the concept of Magic Mike, yeah? Like the stripper, you know, mm -hmm. strippers, and it's all like really quite gritty mm -hmm. and really just ridiculously muscular men doing this stuff. Great girls I know love it, love it, and they sit around and watch it and they talk about it openly. Oh my god, it's so hot! If us guys had a film where a girl right now is in a stripping job in a film and she's just naked for the whole movie, gyrating around, and we constantly talk, oh man, I can't wait to go back and watch that movie. She's so fucking sexy, she looks amazing. 
people would frown at us. I would mm-hmm. feel ashamed. We wouldn't be allowed to say that out loud because it would be sexist and it would be misogynistic because we're objectifying women. But it's okay to objectify <laughs> men in all this stuff. Guess what? It's okay to objectify either. It doesn't matter. You don't have to watch it if you don't want to. It's like porn. It exists. It's there for what it does. And if you don't want it, cool. Don't, it. don't watch it. That's mm. fine. Harley Quinn being like semi-provocatively, well, okay, very provocatively dressed in this movie is not the problem. Because there are a lot of men in this movie who are very provocatively dressed and that's fine. The problem is Will Smith, when talking about any woman, calls her hoe, (laughs) calls them bitches. That helps. Calls Mexican people hesse. Uh, when another character later on uh, talk, talks to him about something to do with their wife, he said, why don't you just slap her on the ass and like get, tell her what to do, basically. And this is meant to be the sympathetic character in the film. That is misogyny. Absolutely. That is sexist. And that is fucking makes me angry because whether it's kids or teenagers of the right age who are meant to be seeing these movies will go and they'll look up to these characters and they'll want to replicate them. And they'll repeat it in the school ground. Exactly. And... Um, I kind of I don't actually know what certificate Suicide Squad is so if they're a kid they probably shouldn't be seeing it but regardless it's mm. not a good image to give even for an anti-villain who's meant to be sympathetic saying stuff like that it's, it's more of a racist film than a sexist film to be honest it's incredibly racist we have an Australian superhero villain whatever called Captain Boomerang who's <laughs> who's played by fucking um, the dude oh Jesus Christ I can't remember his name now. really good actor um and his, his power is he has a boomerang and he drinks beer all the time. All he's, Any scene where battles are happening, he just cracks open another tinny and goes and guzzles <laughs> it away. We have a Japanese female character who's in a fucking Japanese mask, just speaks Japanese to her sword the whole time, and it's called Katana. <laughs> you know, like this is... It's just fucking awful and racist and dreadful. Um... Uh, sorry, I just I don't know. I had, like it gets me really angry. It gets me angry. There's a lot of problems with this movie. It's a horrible film. Jared Leto plays a new version of the Joker. Um, they've butchered it completely. Uh, it's interesting, I guess. He's playing a gangster version of the Joker. They shoot. I'm gonna try and wrap this up now because it's going way too long. But they shoot horn in Batman. Doesn't work at all. They shoot horn in another superhero. That I won't say doesn't work at all. They try and make this fit into the DCU from Man of Steel and Batman v Superman. Does not work at all. At all. It's legitimately a horrible, horrible film. Uh, but I will stand up for it that I think is actually doing good things for women. And I think there is equality in the way people are dressed. Actually, there's not. Like, the men are dressed way more sexually than the women. Um, and people are calling it sexist for Harley Quinn. I think it's ridiculous. But there are plenty of reasons to call this film sexist. That is not one of them. Please stop it. It's making me angry. <laughs> We're allowed to find people attractive. That's okay. Can I just say, I can't wait to watch Third Side Squad. That's, that's, I'm, I'm looking forward to Have I sold it? You, you, you it? sold it. Purely on the basis that if it's that bad, as you say, which I, I, I'm inclined to believe, because I've known you for a while now, if it's that bad, then it actually makes me love Batman vs Superman just a little bit Don't more. Don't make me like it more. <coughs> Seriously. Um, and I'm sorry, uh, but when people are saying, well, this movie isn't in trouble because it's done really well at box office, guess what? When we get to box office, we'll talk about that. But I'm done now with my fucking rant. We're going to try and catch up because we've been going on way too long. Jamie, yes. can you please start the podcast as we do every week with Nate's Blowdown? A little bit of games news. Happy to do that. How many pieces do you have? 
Uh, I don't know, but actually, I actually checked. Hold on. Got eight pieces. Eight pieces of news. Okay. So, start the first one. PS Neo. Some news on this. Multiple reports from Game Blog and Vice Gaming indicate that Sony will be revealing the PS4 Neo during a showcase in New York on September the 7th, after initial rumours have been for a mid-September TGS unveiling. The new mid-generation console was confirmed before E3, but was not mentioned during Sony's press conference. Vice have reported that final development kits at the same time. You're very good at reading. Sometimes I give these to people on the podcast and they struggle <laughs> a little bit. You're doing good. Thank you. Uh, PS Neo um, announcement September. That's we kind of all expected that. It had to be in time for PSX, didn't it? For the, yeah. for the big blowout in December. I mean, I'm assuming that it's happening in December. Intrigued, what they say now that they've had time to kind of potentially try and stuff new stuff and things in there you, since you, they know the specs for the Scorpio. You have to assume that they haven't had, you know, that stuff was already in production. Yeah. So you have to wonder whether they've got time to change the guts to make it. As powerful got as they, got Scorpio is ter- rumored to be. Got to get more teraflops in there. Got to get more teraflops. Got six teraflops. You know, <laughs> it's our favorite I still don't. Um, guys, make it. Uh, be honest here. I don't. Still don't know what teraflop is, but I'm sure it's fantastic. It's the fact that we've got six. It's got six. It's got six. So it sold me. Um, no, I think I think it's going to be um, a telling time. But I think that both Microsoft and Sony are on two different places. I think Sony is all about VR, and I think the PS Neo is their solution to the fact you need an extra little box to make the VR run on the current PS4 um, and I think it, it almost feels like a, a solution to a problem the Xbox I think guys I think they've been planning this for a long time I think they've been looking at this at the moment they got the first one out the door and they had all the criticism they got for digital sales and everything else I'm pretty sure they've been planning this for a while and they knew that they were going to do these incremental upgrades and now I say this, and I'm really, really hoping that we're not going to get one every year from both these companies, because <laughs> no, that will drive me nuts. I don't want an Apple scenario, because an Apple scenario will depress me intensely. Yeah, no, no. Um, but I, I think PS Neo, as I said, is a is a response to VR needing this extra piece of kit to make it run, and I think they're they're, they're aware, even more acutely aware now, that if the Scorpio is capable of running Oculus. Mm-hmm. And Vive. And Vive. That's a big that's a big deal. So they need to make sure this piece of kit is good. So I think this is why they're I think this might have been brought their schedule up. I think they were rushing this. I don't think it was due till yeah. first quarter two thousand seventeen at the earliest. I agree. I mean I yeah. don't know why you have to bring Russians into it, but I agree for the most part. VR. What Russians? So they're rushing it. <laughs> they're rushing uh, it. Dan <laughs> Don't make me explain my bad Whoa. jokes. Oh, that's terrible. Um Pierce Neo, are you excited at all? You care? Too busy playing the Witcher. Good answer. <laughs> Number two. <laughs> Number two, uh, the Xbox S. So, um, very fascinating news that the Xbox S2 terabyte was released last week and it's almost completely sold out. And the surprise announcement is that Microsoft are reportedly not replenishing the stock. Instead, they will be moving on to the launch of the one terabyte and 500 gigabyte versions of the new slimmer 4K console. A two terabyte version will be released as a Gears of War limited edition mid-September. I think this is a strange, bizarre, bizarre I don't section. I think it's an oddity. I think it's just that they they're doing they're putting the emphasis on this is the first batch. It sold really, really well. Yeah. In time for Black Friday, they're yeah. going to have an old new. Give batch it Christmas, ready. there'll be yeah, two terabytes exactly. back. I guarantee it. I Not everyone wants a Gears of War branded Xbox. No, they want they want to they want to create some demand. They've sold it. You create a new thing, it sells out. What do you do? You make no more. No, you make more oh, fucking stupid. more of it. Um, they will definitely make more. Yeah, it's it's more two terabytes. Mm. Um, I have one waiting for me in LA, which KDM packed on Skype. 
It looks beautiful. So you had your own unboxing. Oh, very nice. Yeah, so you had an unboxing. Got to admit, I'm possibly more keen on a um, Xbox One S than I am on a, a Project Scorpio. Um, I, you know, I know it's going to be a while until I can afford a, you know, full price new console. It's also possibly not going to be too beneficial jumping in too early whilst the kind of devs are learning to really mm-hmm. code. It's mm-hmm. a classic thing, really. I'd rather jump in when the kind of platform's a bit more mature. Um, whereas, you know, a 1S would be, um, you know, I, I, you know, I've been already toying with having an external kind of uh, SSD, like an internal and a caddy or something like that. Um, you know, purely to get load speeds in Witcher 3 a little bit better. Oh, really? Uh, mm-hmm. That's what I need to focus on. But now I've actually finished Blood and Wine, and it's probably unlikely I'll, I'll, I'll bother spending the money. But um, so, yeah, I'd like an SSD. Um, but it's got to be one terabyte, and I'm a little bit annoyed at the, annoyed at the pricing that they're mm-hmm. still selling a 500 gig. I think it's ridiculous. I really do. And selling that, I think it, in UK, I think it's 250. Yeah, or UK prices. Yeah, you know, 300 quid for the yeah. for the. For this the stuff is terabyte. so much cheaper yeah. to get in America. I, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm not overly impressed, and that's made me rethink how I feel about the whole thing. Really. Do you guys uh, use external hard drives at all? You yeah. Well, like I said, I was considering it with a, so, so yeah. a, a, an SSD and an external uh, caddy yeah. um, because the performance is, is, is so much better. Probably like a, um, a hybrid drive so I can get like a mm. more capacity in it okay. for the benefits of SSD. But mm. um, but yeah, it's it's. Um, I think ultimately I'm not sure the kind of improvements are really going to be felt that much I mean, it's, it would be nice to have a little bit more storage not to have to remove things you know in order to you know install a new game but mm. frankly often there's there's a few games i'm done with you know like yeah, yeah, yeah. Do and kind of live with yeah i'm actually kind of going the other way because i've had i have and it's well, it's with me at the moment i have a like a four terabyte hard drive that i attach to my xbox mm. and then i move from xbox to xbox and i'm traveling and i come back here and i've got one here and i'll plug it in here and it will just have everything on it um so to go to the two terabyte now, I'm a little bit scared because yeah. I've, you know, I haven't used up over two terabytes yet on, but I know it will happen. Mm-hmm. You know, these games get bigger when and bigger and bigger. It, when you got the space as well. Exactly. And I like easy, knowing, yeah. oh, everything on my library is right there all the time. I can mm-hmm. access whatever I want. Um, other than, yeah, mm-hmm. when it's fucking not connecting to the internet and all that mm-hmm. bullshit and I can't play any of my games I bought. But, yeah. I'm onto my <laughs> um, second hard drive now. Oh, my, yeah. Uh, my the main the, the hard drive on the machine itself is filled up with Minecraft saves as I was telling you there about you earlier. Use the cloud, Jamie. Yeah, I know. Use the cloud. It, it's um, the, it's <laughs> my savior. I've done like cloud yeah. and anything, but I'm traveling around, and means I never have to worry about my saves well, exactly. because it's always there. You was there. Um, so now I feel I filled up I filled up all my hard, I filled up two hard drives now, um, and I was very very close to buying an Xbox S just on the basis that that was two terabytes. I could have consolidated all that. Yeah. And then I had two more hard drives that could have filled up with X, with uh, Minecraft saves. Because uh, obviously we need lots of space for Minecraft saves in our house. Um, and then I, I stopped myself and I, you know, Scorpio announcement was at the same time. I gave it some thought and thinking, well, actually, it's three years on. It's probably a reasonable time to start thinking about upgrading to a new console. Because if, if I think about how the cycle's been up till now, you'd have, you know, you'd have the Xbox and the PS, the PS PlayStation would arrive mm-hmm. at the same similar sort of time. There'd always be a wait for the Nintendo, whatever it would be, and then that would come in the middle, and you get another one. So, upgrading after three years, not that big of a jump. Yes, it's an expense, yeah, and, I, and I, you know, yes, yeah, fair point. Yeah. You know, we, we've got 
we've got reasons to be worried about spending lots and lots of money but mm-hmm. I, I also didn't want to rush out to buy something just because it was 60% smaller and I don't have a 4K yeah, TV yeah, yeah. so there yeah. wasn't enough if, on board there to really warrant yeah. me honestly for me if, that if, leap. if I was only going to get one I'd, I'd wait and get the Scorpio personally just yeah. because yeah it's uh, but it, I don't want to get into it again but it's something we talked yeah. about quite a bit but it's just consoles treating themselves like PCs no. it's like, hey do you want a new graphics card yeah I think what, what frustrates me, I mean, for me, the, the 360S was um, was a massive improvement on the previous. Yeah, the first one Technologically, was. again, the advancements weren't huge, but mm. one of the big problems I had, you know, bearing in mind, you know, Microsoft were t- targeting the kind of sort of, you know, the living room kind of entertainment mm-hmm. system, if you like, you know, the kind of noise the original 360 pushed out was, was ridiculous. Yeah. Mm. And obviously, Xbox One comes along, it increased, mm. I mean, so the Xbox... 360s was a massive improvement noise yeah. and heat wise the xbox one a little bit worse i'd say than probably the xbox 360s but again it's in the middle of your it's living really room really quiet you, you'd, you'd, see mine, mine isn't really mine's whisper yeah, quiet mine, mine isn't mm. at all oh, wow. um, it overheats it starts making some loud roaring sound yeah. that's weird mine yeah. i mean i'm in a hot climate and mine doesn't do yeah. anything mine's really quiet the whole yeah. time yeah um i think i, th- I think i'd certainly I think the, the thing the thing that I found slightly tempting is you're gonna laugh at me. The thing I found slightly tempting is that apparently the Xbox S does make things run a little bit better. It's yeah, it's well, like two percent. No, spread, it's, I think like, it's, it's seven percent faster. Well, it's probably the SSD. Isn't it? It's yeah, so faster load. Exactly. Times, yeah. So yeah, is that and also the, the, the more steady frame frames per second as well. You got frame HDR rates. as well, but only two games so far. Yeah. be doing that in this year. So I was on the fence, but if I'm going to buy a new console, I want it to be the next console. I yeah. don't necessarily want well, an intermediary one. I think this one. is what I was ultimately getting at was was you know my point about the kind of noise and heat and stuff was that the actual apparently from from what I've heard the uh, the Xbox One S isn't an improvement at all. In fact, it apparently is marginally louder because they're trying mm. to fit so much more because they've also integrated the yeah, PSU now into the system, so it generates more heat. So it needs a, more of a you know high higher. Uh, mm. speed fan to mm. cool it down so but now you can actually fit it inside your uh, TV cabinet which you couldn't do before yeah. and, and and also make it even noisier yeah uh, <laughs> unless you soundproof the inside of your uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just just a thought just throwing it out there for you yeah. should yes. we move on yeah let's move on let's move on uh, so it's going to be a long podcast it's going to be a long podcast <laughs> uh, number three uh, Hitman the next location in the episodic Hitman is coming next week and it takes place in Bangkok but with still a few more episodes to come, IO Interactive is apparently planning three seasons, even though they've yet to officially announce season two. And it's a pretty pretty cool, actually. I think yeah. it's nice. I think I think it's a a solid game. I'm not over the moon about playing it. It's one of those ones I like dipping in and out of, which is quite nice. And I like that episodic content for that. Um, and the idea to perpetuate something a bit longer is nice, but it does give. The publisher's a bit of an excuse to ramp up the costs, so what you might end up actually paying after three seasons is far more than... Yeah, you'll end up paying three games. Yeah. You'll end up paying. But so. it's... Yeah, I think it's weird. Yeah, the, the, I don't, I'm not a fan of episodic content at all, um, and I found myself being frustrated with this game just because I was like, well, I want to try the other thing, and what I like about Hitman is which level do you want to try and figuring, you know, like moving mm. on to something else mm. that you might enjoy in a different environment instead I'm stuck with one for a month. And it's not the best game in the world. It's a 7 out of 10 game. But it's so refreshingly different, yeah. you know, from everything else that's happening right now. It makes me, you know, I do go back to it and Katie actually plays it quite a lot. Mm. She plays it more than me. Mm. Um, but the episodic content does mean every now and then you're like, oh, 
got another one for free because you've already bought the thing and it's just well I've already bought the it's a nice pass. treat so yeah it just pops up yeah, oh cool try. we've got a new little level of that to try out which is kind of nice mm. um, okay. I want to see Life is Strange yeah I love that I thought oh, it was another Life is Strange, Life is Strange yeah. that's something that I think they should perpetuate then of course that's very hard to the plot was very yeah, it was kind of I think a different story in that universe would be quite cool. Life is Weird Life is Weird yeah Life is a bit odd <laughs> uh, number four no Man's Sky, uh, the most hyped game in recent history is releasing this week. No Man's Sky is almost here and Sean Murray has provided details on the first update, which will contain five to six weeks of refinement work since the game went gold. We're already proud of what we put on the disc, but if we had time, why not continue to update it, Sean Murray said. The update will include new, unique paths you can follow through the game, Changes to the universe's generation algorithm that will allow for galaxies to be ten times larger than they were, and a new atmospheric system. That's that, <laughs> Not that they weren't large enough to start oh, well, with. Uh, get to the end. Yeah, sorry. Okay. Um, and a new atmospheric system that will mean more varied skies. Expect many more updates in the future, and for them all to be free. Kudos to Hello Games for that one. The game servers will be wiped just prior to the official launch on August 9th. August 10th, so anyone who got their hold of their copy early will have to start from scratch once again. Yes, yeah, we'll talk about yeah. that very briefly, but that just is baffling to me that they worked for years and years and years and years and years in this game, and then it goes gold, and then within the five to six weeks of it actually coming out, they're able to make the galaxies ten times bigger? Mm, really? Yeah, yeah you, you have, you, at what cost? Yeah, mm, that's true. But you have mm. to wonder whether there were plans for some DLC that originally tied in and some of that was tied into some of that DLC and they decided actually we're not going to do that what we're going to do instead is, um, is just build on what was already I there I think they needed to give it a boost as well because yes we don't get into it too much but it was a big piracy thing uh, copies yeah. were taken early and one person got a copy uh, very early and actually put old stuff online he mainlined the game pretty much yes. got to the centre of universe videos went up everyone now if they want to knows what's at the centre of universe I haven't looked I haven't looked I haven't looked so the big kind of secret they're holding about it is now out if people want to know about it, which is a huge shame. Sean Murray then tweeted directly at him. It's like, dude, what are you doing? We worked really hard at this. Yeah. And the guy to his, his benefits was like apologetic and took it all down and you know was just trying to you know, talk about the game. And he said he loved the game, but it was a bit buggy and stuff. But yeah, the yeah. final updates went there. I'm sure it'll be ironed out. Yeah. Um, so it's potential though, after people hearing, oh, he mainlined the game in 30 hours. And he used uh, some item that he could sort of rotate and keep it keep it going yeah. keep it going so he so could basically sort of keep souping out his his hyperdrive or whatever to get to the center of universe mm. as quickly as possible which probably I'm guessing won't be I there I didn't realize today about the kind of survival aspect of it at all mm. Mm. Yeah. well that was interesting yeah. last night I um I turned on the Twitch stream Hello Games were live streaming it um, and I, I, just, I just wanted a short snippet I just wanted enough just to tie me over a few mm. days until the bloody thing arrives because we've been waiting so long um and I, it was Sean Murray playing it. Oh, cool. I was watching him play it. And it was about, I was about 20, 25 minutes. And he went onto a random world and he genuinely struggled. He genuinely struggled with the concept of the survival. He genuinely struggled to do what he intended to do because mm. everything sort of came out of nowhere. There were problems with his um, keeping his suit updated so the, the extreme cold wouldn't, wouldn't affect him. He accidentally, I think he may have accidentally knocked a child of one of these larger beasts and the, and the older beasts had come running after him. He was trying to demonstrate things at the same time as actually playing, just just genuinely play the game for us. That's great. Though, and I was I mean, refreshed by that. I, I found that really yeah. refreshing yeah. that actually yeah. 
it's you not know, scripted. It's not it? scripted. He it genuinely was quite random. It was quite general. It was procedurally generated, as he said it would be. Cool. And he was struggling. And the fact that he's the game developer, he's the the, yep. the mind behind it. Yeah. He struggles to play it too. You know, it's not no, it's all plain sailing. I mm. felt really encouraged by that. I'm worried about the shooting. Like I, I don't want yeah. any shooting. The more they show when you go to a planet and you do something bad, the weird robot police force turns up to like take you down. It's like mm. I'm not interested in that. I want peace and quiet. I want to be left alone. I want to feel mm. like I'm on a planet. No one else has been here. There isn't some fucking robot police mm. force. So I'm hoping that isn't everywhere. I did read something. There was going to be an update which would allow you to switch that off. Okay. So whether that's true, I don't want to be shooting stuff. I was surprised all the time. about uh, to to read about um, about kind of there being so much kind of civilization everywhere. Yeah. That's not kind of what I expected. I, I don't know entirely what I expected, but yeah, I did expect more kind of exploration and more it's emptiness in a way. Not 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 that it means you know it's procedurally generated. Therefore, there's only so much they can have within mm. a mm-hmm. within a world. But but in in the you know it's uh, yeah it's just it's quieter, gentler, mm. and but it sounds like if you've constantly got this survival thing, you've got to keep your kind of specs up. Yeah. You know, it's I think a little bit stressful. That depends on the world. Yeah. That does depend mm. on the world, and I think it will be stressful on those worlds which are. Or virtually mm. inhospitable, but I think there will be worlds which are and, and are what, exactly that. What I, I read that... was like like you had just said about mm. um, you can kind of uh, max out you know certain things and you know, hyperdrive and all of that so that you don't mm. have to mm. stress about you know yeah, yeah. to the same degree. And mm. as you level up, it becomes less of a well, less of yeah. a problem, I guess. You know, well people know because it's out today in North America. We get it in the UK tomorrow, and it's out on PC. I think on the eleventh. The 12th, yeah, so um, it's been delayed, I think. Oh, has it been delayed? Yeah, I okay. think so. Well, tough. Yes, should be playing a console. What are you fucking doing? Get off your mouse. <laughs> I second that. Uh, no, shouldn't say that. <laughs> um, um, yeah, very excited. Well, I'll be talking uh, about that. Maybe, I, I, maybe I'll be able to get one of you guys. Um, a couple of you, well, you won't be playing yet. Well, you obviously, maybe I'll be able to get you one in, in a few weeks and we can talk about it. Sure, sure. experiences. Yes, I'm I'm very excited about that, and I, having mentioned that I've sort of fallen in and out of love and with a lot of games in recent years, this is the one I'm chomping at the bit to play. Um, I don't think it's anything to do with the hype train. Mm-hmm. I generally tend to ignore ignore hype trains, but this is something which I know is going to be a bit special. Yeah, I have a feeling it's the hype submarine. The hype so. submarine. Yeah, um, yeah I, I've submarine. tempered my excitement a long time ago. When I've, I'm I'm aware. Of the restrictions mm-hmm. of games and the restrictions of algorithms and of yeah. tiny teams like this, and I'm hoping it'll just be good at the moment. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we'll see. I saw a picture today um, on Twitter, and apparently someone discovered a uh, structure in the world which looks an awful lot like a move controller. Oh, really? That's where I'm setting up home. <laughs> That's where I'm setting up home. All right, onwards. No time for water, Jamie. I apologise. Uh, number five, the NES Classic. Uh, Nintendo recently announced they'd release a NES Classic. A new, a new news this week confirms the console will feature several different display op- options and permanent saves. The display options will include a pixel perfect option that displays each pixel as a square, as well as a CRT version and a 4-3 aspect ratio version. All the 30 games included will have permanent save points and instant temporary save allowing the player to jump right back into the action. The NES Classic Edition launches on November the 11th. That, the permanent saves is a huge thing. It's a big, big huge deal. Huge thing for those games. Absolutely. So it's great. And I, yeah, the CRT stuff I love actually. I like getting those scan lines yeah. in when I'm playing an old <laughs> yeah. school game. Yeah. I've pre-ordered mine. Yeah. And about you, I'm, yeah. I'm excited to go back and play all those games. I think they've chosen 30 excellent games. Now, yeah. my only criticism here 
is Nintendo have been flailing. We are going to be talking a bit, I think, about Nintendo a bit later. Yep. But they have been flailing for years, and they are oh so reliant on what came before. So I don't understand why, if they're going to do this, why not do it properly? Cartridges are so cheap to manufacture compared to discs. Why not make a NES which actually takes cartridges and re-release some of these games, get people creating new ones? Because there was, not long ago, I was reading articles about people were creating yeah, there was a new SNES making game the SNES games and NES games. Um, which perversely I heard that and I was like that's fucking great because we were in the middle of trying to yeah, talk about our first game that we're going to be making as a company and I was like mm-hmm. maybe we should just put it on SNES yeah sounds great <laughs> that'd be fucking <laughs> amazing great. <laughs> it's great so I think they're missing missing an opportunity here but I think this will sell yeah but the, well, this because sell it's all really installed well. in the console so for them yeah. it makes perfect sense it's all in it does it's, but it's only 30 games that catalogue and it's NES running for an emulator fast. so yeah. you know, it's, it, it was fast so it, I, I, I would, for them. I would have liked to see I would have liked to see them actually bring out, or at least make those yeah. other games more available. At least that you download a few instant into some, you put an external hard drive and you can download a few and it will still run them through the emulator. That's something yeah, yeah. like that. That would be that would have been we'll really see. cool. But I'm very excited for this. Yeah, that's cool. You? Um, I don't need it. I have to have to be honest. I, I think there's some nostalgic appeal there for me. It's not enough to make me go and spend money on something. Mm. You know, I could. Just far up an emulator, MAME or something, probably, you know, and like, like that. So, yeah, I, it's a nice idea, but I don't need it, mm-hmm. you know. Maybe I think I it's cool yeah. for a new generation, you never really got to play some yeah. of these games. Like, you're basically yeah. playing $2 per game, but you get a bunch of games you would never pay for. So, yeah. <laughs> it probably yeah. works out more expensive, really. Maybe the SNES will come next. Yeah, that's what I want. Yeah, I want the, the, I want the SNES, SNES is, again. SNES, SNES is probably my still favorite. Does it have Duck Hunt mm-hmm. on it? No, because you don't have to. No, you see, no. You see there you go. They've, they've lost me. It's got everything else though. It's got Zelda. It's got no, Mario. Everything, everything it's got else. Got all three games. All thirty games. Track and field. Don't know. Don't know. Uh, number six. <laughs> yes. Number six. Sorry. Prey. Hello. Not let us pray. Prey. Prey had an official gameplay trailer released at QuakeCon last week. Yeah, we don't yeah. need to talk about this. I was going to, but we, we're running out of time. Running so out of time. Okay, no, I, um, did you see I, it? I did see it. I thought it was excellent. It was good. It's interesting. Yeah, it looked interesting. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Let's okay. move on. Number <laughs> seven. Are we running out of time? No, we're good. I just we've got some meaty subjects still, so I want to get to that. Okay. Uh, number seven. Inside. Uh, Play Dead's follow-up to Limbo has been garnering stellar reviews since it released exclusively on Xbox One on June the 29th. But now comes word that the exclusivity window is now closed... And it'll be headed to PS4 on August the 23rd. It's great news. Great news. More people get to play these games, yeah. the better. If only those PS4 exclusives now <laughs> had fucking exclusivity windows too and could head over to Xbox One a bit later. Yeah. That'd be yeah. great. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'm, I'm, you know, I get excited with exclusives because it's always nice to be like, oh, this is special. It makes you feel like it's special for something. But at the end of the day, all exclusives are stupid. Everything oh, should yeah. be on everything. Everyone should get the opportunity Agreed. to play these things. Universal. Yeah. Hmm. Again, like you always go back to the same thing of like, oh, I, I bought you know Batman v Superman, but we can't play it on your Blu-ray player, Jamie. But we can play it on my yeah. Blu-ray. It's just stupid. Mm. Yeah, let us enjoy the entertainment. I agree. And finally, number eight. Here Nintendo we go. Nintendo NX. Jamie is uh, doing a for the viewers who can't magically see with their ears. <laughs> um. <laughs> A couple of weeks ago, reliable sources leaked details on what the new console from Nintendo, the NX, will be. Last week, reports from MTV say that the console will feature new Mario, 
Pokemon and Zelda games within the first six months of release, as well as third-party support from Sega, Square Enix, Ubisoft, Activision and Warner Brothers. So first of all, no shit. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I mean, we already know there's going to be yeah. a new Zelda game. They've already said Breath of the Wild will be a NX, yeah. uh, on the NX. It's not news, really. Uh, is it going to be a Mario game in the first six months of release? Nah. No shit. Yeah, in the first six months of release. I reckon it will be a year. Uh, I don't know, because it's coming out Christmas in March. Following. So it could be six months later, March, April, May, June, July, August, September. You can have it tail end of that maybe. just before Christmas, maybe. Mm. Um, and what was the other one they said? Pokemon. Pokemon. There is yeah. guaranteed to be something to do with Pokemon. Oh, absolutely. But probably, I mean, it could be anything. It could be really small. It could be. They'll probably pull over the new one, won't they? Is it gold and silver, whatever it is coming out? Yeah, blue it could and, be and blue like and that, just in the, in the shop, like who knows? Um, so no shit. This is a really dumb rumor. Oh, guess what? Nintendo are going to release a Nintendo game. Yeah. Like yeah. Although to be fair, they didn't release many Nintendo games on the Wii U. So. They haven't really done very well with that, man. <laughs> But I, I really wanted to talk about, because, you know, we're getting more and more steam towards this now. We're getting closer to an actual proper reveal of it. Um, and I genuinely want to know you guys' opinion, because it's all anyone's talking about. Every podcast I'm listening to is Nintendo, what the future means for them, how they're separating themselves. So just to recap very quickly, uh, the very reliable rumors that are coming through, which have been increasingly confirmed from different sources, are that the NX will be out in March. It will be... Uh, a handheld device that isn't quite as powerful as the PS4 or the Xbox One. You'll be able to take it around on the go. It will have uh, two controllers attached to either side of it, which will be detachable. And it will have a docking system that will plug into your TV. The docking system will not have externalized power or processing power or anything like that. It will just be a docking system. So when you're at home, you put it in that and you can play all your games on your screen. That's what the rumors are. Everyone's either really upset about this, and I did a podcast a couple of weeks ago with Chris Draver. I was pretty upset about it, to be honest. Well, I wasn't upset, I was just kind of laughing at Nintendo. But now I've listened to all those people who are very excited about this. And what I've realized is it really comes down to the divide. Because my problem is when I hear this news, I was expecting what everyone's expecting and what everyone still seems to talk about it, which is it's the new Nintendo console. I don't see this as a new console. Mm. I see this as the successor to the 3DS. It is a new handheld device that you can plug into your TV. That's literally what it is. That mm. makes it the new 3DS. This is the new handheld console, not mainline, you know, like this at home console. And I kind of expected something more the other way around. Maybe you plug it in, it gets more power when you plug it in. Having something, but at the end of the day, people are excited to use handhelds because they're like, great, mm. I get to, it's kind of like the Vita, essentially. Yeah. Only it does all the things the Vita wanted to do and didn't really get to do which it'll probably look a little bit nicer than the Vita, but the Vita was PS3, you know, style graphics. This is going to be closer to PS4, but not quite. So it's only going to be a bit better than the Vita, probably, graphically, mm. um, if these rumors are to be believed. You'll be able to go, you know, around with it and play it, great. But unlike the Vita, you're going to have Breath of the Wild, you can have Zelda, you're going to have Mario, you're going to have these, you know, Mario. You may be able to get battery life for about half an hour. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> this is one of the big yes. concerns people have. Battery life will be two hours or something and it's out. Yeah. Um, expenses as well, like how much is this thing going to cost? Because they need to hit, in, in my opinion, that real sweet spot. That's why the WeWork just, it was just the right amount. Anyone could kind of buy that thing. Mm. But with this, you're talking about, you know, for this to be a, a nice item, it needs to feel nice. I mean, the Wii U game... I love the Wii U. No games to play. But I love it. Mm. But that gamepad feels like a piece of shit. It does feel like a piece of shit. Terrible form factor. Horrible. They need to Horrible. do something as nice as Apple would or Sony would. You know, like, the Vita's a beautiful piece of kit. It's just... Mm. 
doesn't really, you know, wasn't supported properly. Um, they need to make it look like that. They need to make it feel, you know, like you're buying something you want to carry around to play with you. That's not really what Nintendo exactly. do. Mm. They make toys. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Um, so where are you guys on the direction Nintendo's going in and that this is their next console, which is basically does seem to be hybriding handheld because mm. handheld's their biggest success. So I get, it makes sense for that. Let's double down on that. Let's make mm. it seem like it ties into your home experience. Um, do you think you're going to, like, are you at all interested in this to begin with? Would you take it around and is the idea of having some, like, a Breath of the Wild you can take around and play with you everywhere interesting to you? Do you think you would sit and play something with less than PS4 graphics now at home on your, you know, screens? Um, when I can, um, you know, stream most games from, you know, a high-spec PC upstairs or even from my Xbox One, you yep. know, onto a tablet, how... You know, I'd, I'd, I'd probably sooner do that than try and carry around something that's going to gonna struggle, you know, bad battery life. And, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, I, my my instinct there is to, is to be cynical about it. Um, I've not been taken by a Nintendo console. I don't quite have that same sort of... Uh, I don't know what the, the, the... I don't feel that same lure towards Nintendo... Um, is I, that ever? I, I, never really... I, no, I mean, I I loved I loved I, I loved games that were on it. I loved Zelda. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, I've got good memories of particular games, but never really of the console. I did love my Game Boy. I think that's the only one I ever I ever owned. To be honest, ever you know the only kind of Nintendo handheld, obviously, um, that I ever owned. Um, but particularly nowadays. You know, I, I've got, only got finite resources financially. Uh, give, give me that choice. I'm not going to choose a Nintendo console. So, if you had the money sitting there, you're only going to spend it on games. You got the PS Neo, you got the Scorpio, I, you got the NX. I, I, I know this is going to sound a horrible thing, and as much as I do love the charm and I do love what Nintendo have done, I've, I, you know, there's a there's a kind of there's a, there, there really is a charm to it. I get that. But for me, it's not a serious console. Mm-hmm. It's not a serious contender. Um, and, uh, you know, I'd rather wait for the next gen, you know, Xbox or, or PlayStation. That's a problem. This was yeah. meant to be the next gen. It's when the NX was first mm. announced or you know, leaked yeah. announced. I, I think, I think you've, you've got a fair point. I mean, I wonder if it really is, um, you know, the next gen offering from them or if it isn't I, I would love for them to come out and go actually this is our next 3ds and here's our next console yeah. <laughs> like that would yeah. be fucking incredible they're not yeah. going to do that yeah. because that's what they need to do <laughs> that's what they need to do yeah as far as i'm concerned i mean this is weird i i don't get it mm-hmm. you've got a 3ds it's incredibly successful either this is your successor to a very successful handheld console or it's your, I'm, we're making up for the catastrophe that was the Wii U, and well, we're trying to double down on the Wii. Mm-hmm. Are they struggling? Yeah. And oh, yeah. Nintendo's product, bleeding they, out right now. I mean, they've yeah. got a good war chest of money. So this is the product yeah. of a struggle, then? Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's not that they, they have, as it's now said, they've, they've, they've got the money. Mm-hmm. They've got the money. I think I think the problem they have is that they are still caught in those oldie-worldie Japanese ideals about about how a game should be, or how a, how a toy, or how children interact with things and I think that has a huge impact on what they're what they're producing I I don't I personally don't want a handheld in my living room because I'll never use it I mean okay yes it's sitting there it's docked but I don't go traveling I mean you travel out you travel a lot more than 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 I do Um, I've got no reason to take that on the go with me 
yeah, it'd be pretty cool on my lunch break at work to sit there and play Breath of the, Breath of the Wild and all that. Very, very cool, very exciting concept. But the oh. reality is, I'm not going to do that. Are you going to shove that in your bag, though? I'm not. Yeah. No, yeah. Exactly, I'm not going to do is... that. And I, I don't, I don't mm. carry around my 3DS. I mean, even mm. when I go on holiday... I don't take a handheld console with me. I just I, don't I, do it. The last con, the last handheld I probably owned was uh, PSP. Mm. There was no way I was taking it anywhere mm. with me. I, I only played it at home. You know, I wasn't just going to whip it out on the bus. You know, kind of. Mm. Uh, you get arrested style. for that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm going to whip it out. <laughs> and I'm going to play some PSP. <laughs> yeah. um, um, yeah. I think I, I think they need to. They've got a lot of making up to do, and I don't think it matters. If that, if this console, whatever form it takes, if we're to believe these rumours, yeah. it's it's graphically underpowered. I don't think that matters. I think Nintendo's games will still harness the best that console has to offer, and Nintendo fans will still play that. I will still buy a console from them. I will still play Zelda. I will always play a Zelda game. I'll always revisit Mario. Um, my son loves Mario. Loves all the Nintendo properties. So there's absolutely no reason for me not to pursue this. But I, I do have to question the logic of of a of a handheld console, which also doubles as something else, which also doubles as something else. I can't see that necessarily being a good a good way to go, because most gamers sit in a living room. Yeah, but this is and they play, and yet you can take it with you somewhere. Fine, I can see all that. Um, but what's to stop you putting your new Xbox? S in, Does your, it not in your bag and take it with you. Excuse uh, an underpowered console. But no, but this is the thing. I mean, yeah, Nintendo don't care about power. Like they don't. And as much as we might want them to, and yeah, I would love like SNES used to be the most powerful console out there at, at that point, you know. And mm. GameCube was ahead of the others at that point because it was a mid sort of weird mid console. Um, my problem with this is I, I, I'm starting to understand it a bit more. Like for them, it makes perfect business sense. You know, it's well, what's our big success? cartridges 3ds let's build on that but let's give it more accessibility we need to do something new but not too crazy new so let's just have them basically you know better graphics allow them to attach it to their tv everyone's going crazy about the detachable controllers i don't really care like that doesn't really mean anything at all yeah. well it's like are, are we all going to be sitting sat side by side in a plane and we're just going to grab our controller yeah, I think and that's sit the idea. there yeah. with the sound up and the headphones on I, it's just yeah. it's, but this is the thing well, is like if you are <laughs> in that massive <laughs> demographic of people who own 3DXs and you are mm. in that and that you're telling Nintendo that's really what the focus should be it makes perfect business sense for them you know, do mm. something it like does. this it does and it, if from the sounds of it then guess what console is slightly less powerful than the PS4 and the Xbox One. The Wii U. Mm. So when you're talking about Breath of Wild, and you're talking about them saying, oh, there'll be an NX version, and in people's heads, we've seen Breath of the Wild, and we're thinking, oh, wow, the NX version will look even better. And why aren't they showing the even better version? Why are they showing off this version? It doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. Guess what? It's going to look exactly the fucking same. Because the power isn't going to be much better than the Wii U. They've probably taken exactly, uh, you know, what they've done with the Wii U. So this is going to be... I mean, we don't know. Potentially, they'll come out and it's actually way more powerful than we think. But for what it sounds like, this will be slightly more powerful than the Wii U. It'll basically be like that. It'll be a portable Wii U, which sounds great. If you want to play portable games, I don't. Like, I just don't. I travel a lot, but I'm driving. I'm on planes sometimes. I never play games on any of these things. It just doesn't interest me. I just mm-hmm. don't do it. I like to sit back. I like to have a big you know, experience. What would tempt me? Yeah, something like Breath of the Wild would tempt me. I probably would play it more than anything else because that's the kind of experience I'm looking for from a video game. Um, 
But essentially, yeah, it's a portable mm. Wii U. And then you get home, you put it in your dock. Guess what? You got the Wii U on your screen. Because <laughs> that's all yeah. it's doing. That's what it's doing. <laughs> I mean, you alluded, you alluded to it. Uh, the, the battery power. Yeah, I mean, it's a huge I, I, have, I have a Wii U gamepad at home that manages half an hour on yep. a charge. At, at most, Seriously, if I'm pushing that it. Bad. Yeah, it can be awesome. And if I plug it yeah. in, well, it does now, if I plug it into the uh, Wii U to get some, get some juice, it just flickers. So the screen the, on the gamepad itself flickers. And obviously that's not very good around anyone, to be quite honest. And on the television, it, it, um, it powers down constantly. And I'm thinking, hang on, I paid, what was it, 300 quid for this thing mm-hmm. way back when. And this thing lasts about as long as my mobile phone does every day. And I think that's just not, that's not mm. what I want from it. And mm. I doubt very much that that's what we're going to get from the NX unless they really do think, pull yeah. a finger out uh, and make something really spectacular. Which yeah, but how can I can't they? see them working how with metal. How can they? How big is this thing going to be? You've got two yeah. controllers. You're going to have a screen exactly. that presumably is going to be touch. You're going to have to have enough processing power in there that it can at least be as good as the Wii U. You're going to have a battery fucking life in there. How big is this thing going to yeah, be? Exactly. It's ridiculous. And it's going to be plasticky. Yeah. We know, yeah, because they have to save cost somehow. Which, on something like that. I don't want to take some plastic that can scratch and get damaged away. You know, something metallic, you can buy a nice cover to go around it and stuff like that. And they'll probably do covers for this thing. But I don't want to carry it around. I don't, I don't, I don't enjoy holding the Wii U gamepad, to be quite honest. No, I don't enjoy no, playing no. with it at all. The experiences it's, it's are great, really but the actual gamepad Quite. Um, I don't remember the last time I turned on the Wii U for me. Yeah. Um, I think Super Mario Maker might be the last time I had a little play, but... But I'll tell you what, yeah, when Breath of the Wild is on there, I'll be playing that oh, absolutely. shit all the time. Yeah. Because that game was But I would not But I would not be sitting there waiting for the NX no. to play Breath of the Wild. No. But, yeah, I just, I just don't know. I mean, I think it's the only decision they kind of had right now. I do still think the best thing Nintendo could do is just get out. Like, get out of the Stop console market yeah. and start moving fuel into third party. But I agree with something else. I listened to a podcast the other day. Jared Petty from IGN said, in terms of he thinks Disney, no, sorry, um, Nintendo are just trying to turn into a Disney, essentially. Yeah. From figures to yeah. cartoons to like getting back into movies as well. They want to be an entertainment company yeah. that's doing all this stuff. And they're making not just toys, but like you know this whole breadth of stuff. And yeah, I agree. And I think this is potentially... It makes sense for them to kind of edge out while we're sort of getting out of yeah. the console market. Because yeah. that's kind of what this is doing. Yeah. Which is very sad for me because at the NES I was okay with the SNES I loved, the GameCube I loved, the N64. I have incredible memories of yeah, so many great. video games on the N64. Yeah. Us three in this room shared a lot of great experiences mm, on is. that console. Mm. Um, Body Harvest. <laughs> and yeah, the Wii wasn't my kind of thing. But but yeah, I'm, I'm very sad to see Nintendo potentially moving to an area that interests me less yeah. and less and less. Yeah. Um, I think I think there's I think there's also one other thing, um, third party support. That it's so imperative they have third party support. Yeah. They can't survive in this industry without well, third party support. It, they can survive, but and then they've got their own first party stuff. But they need to have those third parties there. But the problem is if they're now going to a cartridge slot again. Yeah. Exactly. You're suddenly alienating all these publishers. Yeah, it's and not, these, it's not these last game developers well, from, from the scenario. When you were talking about the Nintendo Classic. <laughs> It seems bizarre that that would be what was it disc based or something like just that. It's just, just yeah. hard drive based, yeah. yeah. When they're actually developing the kind of cartridge style thing for mm-hmm. the Nintendo NX, but but that's I mean that just for me is I don't understand why anyone is talking about this as the new Nintendo console. It is mm-hmm. a handheld device with cartridges. It's the uh, fucking 3DS docking, but you can dock it to your TV. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean that is kind of cool, mm-hmm. but that's it. It's a handheld mm-hmm. device. Um, all right, <laughs> NX. We're not, we're not sure then. <laughs> I guess we're not really sold on it. I'm um, going to buy it. I will buy it. I'm, I'm, I definitely will buy it. Yeah. 
if it's if it if it's purely for handheld, if it's if it's pitched as a handheld and it and it plays like a handheld, then I won't. But if if Breath of the Wild looks even it, remotely better on it, then I'll buy it. And if it has yeah, a nice control system, sure. um, yeah. but that'll be it. All right, we're going to move on really quickly. Um, I normally have the mid-tro outro here, so I'm going to do the mid-tro outro because that's proved that any of you fuckers listen to the podcast, when we get to the end and we start wrapping up and we start actually talking about where you can go and support us a little bit, no one listens and they all turn off. So we do it in the middle, so you can't get away from it, so screw you. Um, you're turning this down right now, aren't you? God damn it. Uh, we are a production company. We make movies and we make music, but mostly movies, short films, music videos, fashion, stuff like that, uh, based out of LA, based out of Tokyo, based out of London, called We Are Tessellate, We Are Tessellate. That's with two S's, two L's, like the old J song. It's the easiest way to remember it. Um, you can go to the URL, which is down over here. Help put it all together. Um, got some questions about that, actually. <laughs> about another time. Um, is there and, a problem? <laughs> <laughs> no, a problem that I did, actually. Um, you can link out from wearetestolate.com to all of our social media so you can follow us and everything. Go on YouTube and subscribe. It really helps us out because then we can have a channel. Um, we have some videos from the podcast not all of them I'm afraid but we have some other shows we've got Starfish Diaries where I'm talking about my first feature film that we're making which is an independent movie called Starfish and I would say every other week but at the moment it's every week that we can we put up a little video and we talk about where we're at and what's going on with that if you're interested um, uh, I keep saying it's about to happen but I'm editing them right now our Friday 13th retrospective podcast will start uh, very very shortly and then we'll have two of those going up every week working my way through the whole series um, and I'll be part of this We Are Tessellate podcast um, stuff as well so subscribe to us on itunes leave us some comments leave us some star ratings tell us you hate us we really don't care we're just going to keep making it cool all right uh movie news very quickly only four things and i'm going to whiz through these uh number one a new rogue one trailer star wars is coming on thursday august 11th it will be aired during the olympic games which are going on right now um in other rogue one news the rumors of a different director being at the helm for the 40 days of reshoots gained a little more grounding as deadlines co-editor-in-chief mike fleming jr reported quote even the big tent poles are fraught with uncertainty they keep news about star wars locked up like fort knox but i heard on those rogue one reshoots it was tony gilroy behind the camera and not gareth edwards end quote rogue one released december 16th we're rushing through stuff so we can't talk about it too much very distressing, though. Very, very distressing. Very distressing. Uh, I had high hopes for this. I have, uh, a great, I have the greatest respect for, for Gareth Edwards, and I, it sounds to me like he's just, had, he's just been manhandled. Yeah, it does. And it's such a shame. I think Disney are making some stupid decisions. Um, but a new trailer, we'll see. We'll be interested mm. Thursday. Mm. Uh, Dunkirk, the first teaser trailer for Christopher Nolan's new movie, uh, came out last week. I thought it looked fucking awesome. Yeah, it looked cool. It does. Uh, I, I'm I'm on the Nolan train, so I'll, I'll be there. This is this, <laughs> is, this is how <laughs> you, you did the motion. That was great. Um, this is how I want my trailers: short, sweet. Just give me the mood. Yeah. Give me some textures. Not telling me too much, even though obviously with Doug Kirk, we have an idea of what's going to happen. But um, really, really like this a lot. Stylistically, it looked really cool. Mm. Number three: Spider-Man: Homecoming. We already know that Tony Stark will be a part of the cast of the upcoming Spider-Man Homecoming movie, but now rumors are stating that Scarlett Johansson has been seen in Atlanta, which is where the movie is currently filming. So there could be a Black Widow. She cameo. might be buying a bagel. <laughs> really good bagels <laughs> now. Atlanta. Um, so yeah, could be some more Avengers guest starring okay. in Spider-Man Homecoming, which is cool okay. because which is cool. It yeah. ties it all in. And it's the same with Thor Ragnarok. It's it's nice to know that there's going to be a, yeah. a, a significant Hulk part because I I think he's been I love the Edward Norton Hulk, but I think Ruffalo's great. He's, Ruffalo's done an amazing job with the Hulk. Um, did you hear at Comic-Con 
Spider-Man Homecoming, they showed some bits and they had a poster where they're, all the cast were in a breakfast club poses. They were replicating oh, the breakfast brilliant. Really Fantastic. trying to hammer home, we're making a John Hughes style movie. Oh, classic. Which is really cool. That's brilliant. That's really cool. And my last piece of movie news, Suicide Squad, <laughs> our favourite movie to talk about this week. Yeah. Uh, Suicide Squad has not just had an effect on the box office, but it's also had a huge effect on a different website. The box office is not a website. Uh, <laughs> uh, Pornhub. Everyone awesome. Pornhub? Yeah. The world's leading porn site. I put that down. Is it the world's leading? I feel like it is Pornhub. Uh, it must be the one everyone knows. Yeah. It's, it's certainly well known. Yeah. 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 What about... What's that weird one? Uh, do you remember The Hun? Do you remember that? <laughs> X, was it X Hamster or something? Yes. Some yeah, weird X Hamster. X Hamster. Yeah. 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 Anyway, these <laughs> ones are not the world's leading, but the world's leading porn site Pornhub uh, stated that phone and put that, sorry, <laughs> make some notes. Uh, stated that search traffic for Suicide Squad increased by one thousand and seventy-two percent on opening night, and the overall statistics on superhero porn and fancy porn was boosted massively, um, like a huge, so it was like off the charts. Just right. how many people came home and basically tried to get Batman or Harley Quinn porn <laughs> to watch. <laughs> I was going to play. And it's probably going to be better than the Suicide Squad, then. Yeah, oh, for sure. Okay, absolutely. Um, better I've, plot lines. I've checked it? and can confirm. Oh, you have? Okay. Um, I was going <laughs> to play a little quiz thing here, but we don't have time for it, sadly. Oh, okay. um, So I'm just going to tell you really quickly. But I have their top 10 superhero character searches on Pornhub. Oh, go on, then. So you might find interesting which characters they're searching. Can we do the top three? Can we guess the top three? You can guess. I'll tell you what, I'll do from 10 up, and then you can guess the last three. Okay. The last. Two, which are ten and nine, so I'm going to do them first. I find quite surprising. <laughs> Number ten in the top superhero character searches on Pornhub. The Hulk. Okay. <laughs> Hulk smash, indeed. Number nine, <laughs> even indeed. more peculiar, She-Hulk. <laughs> uh, it must be the it must be the. I'm assuming number eight is you know. Hulk and She-Hulk. <laughs> if you're listening to this and you search for Hulk or She-Hulk, shame on you. There are better superheroes you could be searching <laughs> Number eight, the Joker, which makes sense. Okay. He's crazy and bad. Particularly in this one, I could see how some girls would find Jared Leto sexy. Yeah. Number seven, Black Widow. Makes sense. Okay. Number six, Deadpool. What? Now, I don't feel just because it's Deadpool, you're going to get to have sex with Ryan Reynolds. I don't think no. that's how it works. I mean, and he's got the mask and... I, I he's burnt let's, up let's, the let's, whole point is he's burnt well, are like, we not talking the about ugly... an asphyxiation and, and gimp suits and things here oh, I mean, maybe. Is that, maybe that's where we're going with it might be gimp asphyxiation yeah. uh, number five Superman number four okay. Spider-Man because people want sex on the walls sex on the walls sex okay. on the walls yeah. number th- sexy walls or sex on the oh, walls and then you want to guess the last three what are the last three superhero characters Iron Man it's not on the list fascinating okay. Yeah, too much suit to get. <laughs> Clunky. Thor. No, it's also not on this. Was really surprising because Chris is Hemsworth is. Yeah. But I guess it's more about Chris Hemsworth than Thor. Maybe. I'm not even to say Hawkeye. That's ridiculous. It's not Hawkeye. <laughs> Three pretty obvious ones. Obvious ones. Yeah, pretty obvious. Oh, Captain America. Yep. Number three is Captain America. Batman. Number two is Batman, and number one, obviously. We've just been talking about it. Anyone? Who have we been talking about? Misogyny? Sexism? I don't 
I don't know the characters. Well. Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn, of course. Harley yeah. Quinn, number one search on porno. Okay. That's the movie news, and that's your, also your weekly porn news. So. <laughs> Excellent. Welcome. Excellent. Um, all right, Dan. We're going to move into releases. Right. What, what? So we're talking about things that are coming out in America right now. Um, I think underneath, actually, we have the UK releases as well. We do indeed. What movies can people see at the cinema this week? So this week we have Sausage Party. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Nicely delivered. Uh, director uh, Greg Tiernan, Comrade Vernon, uh, stars Seth Rogen, Christine Week, Jonah Hill, Michael Sarah, James Franco, Bill Hayden, Selma Hayek. A sausage strives to discover the truth about his existence. All I need to know. Existentialism. Love Absolutely. It. I thought that was quite a cool trailer. I was quite you amused like yeah. by that. Very, yeah. very I, it's silly, but silly, yeah. but okay. Yeah, it was yeah. good. Yeah, it looked amusing. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna get a lot of parents um, expecting it to be a good kids film. So I hope there aren't too many parents who yeah, accidentally take their kids in there. Be, uh, I hope so. I hope. I mean, it kind of feels like a lot of these uh, the directors kind of letting their hair down a bit and just yeah. doing something a bit silly. I think it's great with something like this. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do think it. The trailer definitely focuses a lot on, hey, it's really funny because we say fuck a lot. <laughs> Which, yeah, it's you know, always a danger. Yeah. yeah, But it's definitely refreshing. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, next is Pete's Dragon. Director David Lowry stars Bryce Dallas Howard, Robert Redford and Oakes Fegley. Uh, obviously, I don't know who that is. Uh, <laughs> the Adventures of an Orphaned Boy Named Pete. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. <laughs> Are you laughing at the orphaned boy? No, I'm, I'm still just... stuck at a sausage striving to discover the truth about his existence. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, we lost it. Don't worry, Pete's dragging on the sausage. She'll be fine. <laughs> um, yeah, and his best friend, Elliot, who uh, just so happens to be a dragon. Yeah, There you go. Yeah, This is a remake of the classic Disney film. Yeah, that is uh, one of my favourite childhood films. Yep. I was very concerned when they said they were going to remake it, but now I've seen a few trailers and read a bit about it. I'm very excited about it. I mean, I'm cautious it, 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 with sorry. it, but it's... Sorry. I was going to say, I'm cautious with it. I wasn't a huge fan of the original, but um, but it's, this one's had very good reviews. A lot of yeah. 9 out of 10s, and it's from a great director who did Ain't Them Bodies Saints, so we call it. Ain't, yeah. Ain't Them Bodies Saints, yeah. yeah. So I have good faith in it because I think it's a good indie director doing something commercial, and I think there'll be that right balance of great family film, but with some real soul to it. Yeah. What do you think, Dan? Um, I've got to admit, I don't have the kind of historical sort of attachment. Um, I could, yeah, I, I wasn't that excited, to right. be honest. It, it seemed quite, you know, run-of-the-mill for me. Um, um, you know, it's probably something, um, you know, my, my, my partner would like to like to watch and, you know, may well, may well watch it in time. But, Not yeah. enough existential sausages. Perhaps that's the problem. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I need a bit of uh, yeah discovery about <laughs> sausage truth. Uh, anyway, anyway, moving on. Um, <laughs> what else is out, Dan? <laughs> um, Blood Father, uh, director John. I I think so. <laughs> <laughs> We're really losing it. You're gone. It's got to that time of night. It has. It has. I'm afraid. Um, Jean Francois Richet. Stars uh, Mel Gibson, Erin Moriarty, and Diego Luna. Um, an ex-con reunites with his estranged, wayward 16-year-old daughter to protect her from drug dealers who are trying to kill her. Um, yeah, we all watched yeah. the trailer to this. Yeah, meh. Yeah, I mean, definitely a meh. Very same, same old. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
A little like a kind of him, him try, uh, Mel Gibson trying to do a Liam Neeson role. Yeah. I know if you're going to watch a Mel Gibson film, just go back and watch Lethal Weapon. You can't go wrong with Lethal Weapon. No. Or The Beaver. <laughs> <laughs> or The Beaver. I do. <laughs> Uh, what else, Dan? Um, and f- uh, well, finally, for the US uh, releases, Anthropoid, Anthropoid, uh, director Sean Ellis um, of Cashback. I, I hadn't realised the link until later reading it, and Cashback I quite enjoyed. It was a little short, wasn't it? Yep. With, uh, yeah. Well, there's there a feature a, film of it as well. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. A, he turned yeah, that into a feature film. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was interesting. But uh, stars Jamie Dornan, Cillian Murphy, and Brian Casp. Casp? Casp? Yeah. Um, based on the extraordinary true story of Operation Anthropoid, the World War II mission to assassinate SS General Reinhard Heydrich, the main architect behind the final solution and the Reich's third in command after Hitler and Himmler. I'm going to say you guys can read much better than my American and Australian <laughs> <laughs> co-friends in, in, in LA. Um, yeah, apart from when I'm chuckling away, which <laughs> uh, makes it trickier. Um, I, I, I mean, it could be interesting. Yeah. It may be something you know I'd watch, I'd stream, you know, that kind of thing. I, I wouldn't go to the cinema. I wouldn't, I wouldn't spend money on it. That's that's not to do a disservice. I mean, like I said, seeing cashback and that kind of tie mm-hmm. made me interested, but the kind of the, the the context, the actual setting, you know. I, I just think of, you know, uh, Valkyrie and, and that, that kind yeah, of yeah, see, yeah. Uh, Tom Cruise one, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think this one will be um, yeah, way, way more intimate than that one. Mm. But Did the trailer put me to sleep? Yeah, it, it's just one of those films where you long. kind of feel like, well, I should think this is the best out of the four because it's actually talking about something serious. Mm. But it just looks okay as a film. I'm not sure. Yeah. It could go mm. either way. Yeah. In the UK, however, what can we see? Um, the Shallows. Yeah, I've seen this film. Came out in America a few months ago. Okay. Shark movie, Blake Lively. Really bad, um, but there are not many shark movies. So if you like shark movies, go, yeah, see. go and watch Jaws. Jaws, Jaws, much better. Never heard of it. Yeah. What's that about? Um, yeah, um, Pete's Dragon. You're a dead fan now. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I, I do apologise. Oh, <laughs> getting yeah, existential sausages. Scary type of <laughs> existentialism <laughs> going on. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, striving. Um, so uh, Pete's Dragon. Yep. Um, and the wave. So yeah, we talked a lot about the wave on this podcast. Uh, it's a Norwegian film called uh, Olgon. Um, it's by a director Roar Uthaug, who did these cool slasher films there called Cold Prey, or the first Cold mm-hmm. Prey. Um, and this is a brilliant disaster movie. It's absolutely fantastic. It takes all the things that a Hollywood disaster movie would do, but it's Norwegian and it has real soul, real characters. Generally, the most tense I've been in a long time seeing this film. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has now been snapped up by Hollywood to make the new Tomb Raider reboot. So mm-hmm. yeah, we, we've been. We've been really getting behind it simply because of his involvement. So, mm. okay, yeah. uh, this is your chance in UK to finally see this film because it's a yeah. great film. Uh, so, out of those movies at the cinema in the UK and US, well, what would you guys go and see? We'd like to pick one. <laughs> Probably Sausage yeah. Party. Yep. Um, yeah. I, I, to, to be honest, I'm yeah. saying I'm, I'm. I'm. Yeah. Sausage Party. I think I'm going to end up liking Pete's Dragon Ball, but Sausage Party yeah, is the one. Who, who doesn't like a bit of sausage? So, uh, Sausage Party <laughs> and Pete's Dragon. Too many dicks. Yeah, and if you're in the UK, go see The Wave. Yes. Video games are coming out, but not many, because they're all out of the way for the video game we've been talking about yes. earlier. No Man's Sky. Um, so it's PS4, PC on the 12th. But apparently been delayed. Delayed, been delayed. What has? No Man's <laughs> no Sky. No Man's Sky on PC. 
You said it's been delayed. Oh, it has been delayed. Yeah. Apparently, apparently yeah. it has. Yeah, okay. don't quote me on that, but um, check the check the check the tweets. Mm. Any tweet? Any tweet? You like? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anything Random about assortment. existentialism and okay? I'll follow Boris Johnson to what we're about. It's kind of easy. a good good choice. <laughs> Um, and then uh, Emily wants to play on the PS4 again. It's been miserable. Everything more exclusives. I want. Yeah. I want to hear you read out this description. Okay. Okay. It's 11 p.m. and you're in front of the last house on your route. The lights are on and the front door is opened, but the windows are all boarded up and the grass is overgrown. It seems like a strange place to deliver a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Does it have? Existential sausages on that pizza? Absolutely. It does. Freely roam the house and try to figure out what's going on. <laughs> is that, is that, is that wait, serious? Wait, wait, wait for it. <laughs> this may be your last pizza delivery. <laughs> Whoever writes this stuff, really. It's fucking brilliant. Here's the thing. This game looks like it's meant to be a serious horror, film, a horror game. Yeah. That's... It's, I don't understand the fixation on pizza. <laughs> Just like you're a delivery guy. All right. Yeah. No, that's no, fucking weird. Uh, no Man's Sky, obviously the game to play. Yeah, this absolutely. Week. I'm, I'm, I'm chomping. As I said, I'm chomping at the bit for this one. Looking forward to it. Chomping at the bit. At the bit. What is a bit? It's a bit. Like an eight bit. Like a like a like a pixel. Smaller than a bite. Okay. A bit. Yes. It's a um, teraflop. Like. What, what Blu-rays are coming out in the US of A? So we have Supergirl, the complete first season. Supergirl's alright. Is it? Continue. No, I, I wasn't. I don't have a few episodes. Not. I think if you're into yeah. it, it's fine. It's, it's one fine. of those things. It's like it's not for everyone. But yeah. if you're into it, I yeah. the guys at work yeah. talking about it. But it's not my kind of kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, he doesn't like girls that are super. No, yeah. sexist. I see. <laughs> she's, oh, she's making me sexist. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> um, Barakamon, the complete series. It's again. an anime series. I've heard it's meant to be very good. I haven't seen it yet. Um, hologram for the King. This is the new Tom Hanks movie based on the book by the guy who wrote. What did he write? Oh, I think it's a guy who wrote Extremely Loud, Incredibly Close, that 9 11 movie. Yeah. Um, this might be a pretty good movie. Looks interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, 11 22 63, season one. This is uh, actually pretty cool. I've seen the first couple of episodes. It's a time travel TV show starring James Franco. He's in every fucking thing. Um, and he goes back in time, uh, JFK era. And there's a lot of sort of conspiracy stuff. And it's, it's a good balance between fun and has enough weight to it mm. as well. If you're looking for that kind of TV show, recommend mm. it. If you like hats, recommend it. The hats? Hats. The things <laughs> on your head. Okay. Hats. Okay. I don't wear one. Do you, shall I Google? Do you want some pictures up? Shall I explain to you? No, 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 no. I'll look it up afterwards. It's, <laughs> okay, fine. it's fine. I think Libra has expected you to refer to hats. I think that's I, I remember some hats <laughs> in this episode. So okay. If you it's like hats, okay. probably, there's probably some there, unless my memory's. So yeah. kudos to the um, wardrobe, wardrobe department then. Probably. Uh, I mean, it might yeah. be you're lying. Okay. What else? <laughs> <laughs> um, addicted to Fresno. I've gone about this one now. I think it's got Aubrey Plaza and some other people, and I know some people liked it, so I put it on the list. Okay. It's a film. Excellent. Confirmed. Excellent. Um, and then out on 4K Ultra HD. Which means uh, you can play them on your Xbox S if you've got them 4K TV and them super but duper... But if you don't have a 4K MCMIs. TV, don't bother. Yeah. Uh, Lucy. Don't watch it, piece of shit. Yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah, a terrible, terrible film. Yeah. yeah. The whole universe. Yeah. I was on a USB stick. 
Spoilers. Oh, the end of the movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, lone Survivor. But, and didn't not, it, didn't it end as a musical, though? Yes, yes, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, lone Survivor. Nope. No. I'll do it. No. Um, Oblivion. Yeah, I've, I think visually this is a very stunning film. It's uh, Tom Cruise. I think it's oh, Olga, mm. what's her name? Yeah, it's fine. I think visually it's amazing. Yeah. But yeah, yeah just it's as fine. a film, it's not great. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, but for 4K, that's a film to get on 4K. Yeah, that's good. It's a very pretty, very pretty film. Thank you, Dan, that's okay. for walking that's okay. us through the releases. I appreciate it greatly. No problem. A final section, very quickly, into the box office. This is talking about North America. These are the top 20 films that were released last weekend before we hit the two-hour mark on this podcast, guys. Wow. It's a big one. Uh, but hey, it's our first uh, time doing this. Why not? Awesome. Not the podcast. But Suicide Squad. Um, is that your prediction? <laughs> That's my prediction. <laughs> Number twenty, absolutely fabulous. Colon the movie. Oh dear! I was very surprised that this exists. <laughs> it shouldn't exist. Should I read it? about this just as I was leaving in America, and I thought it was a joke. And then yes. I came here, and it was everywhere, all over London. This TV show was the nineties, early nineties. Yeah. Mm. How is this a thing? Right. Well, equally, why did they even bother remaking Dad's Army? That's yep. something that just leave it alone. Money. But at least that's a real classic. This is the same people. Yeah. This is the same people. It's like, same that's Army, yeah, it was a remake and it was some different thing. This yeah. is, I don't understand. Yeah. Number 19, Hump for the Border People, which is from some of the guys. It's uh, Waikiki, the dude who directed The Monster Flight of the Concords, um, and uh, he directed uh, uh, in What We Do in the Shadows, that vampire. Boy? Thing. Is it that guy? N- no, it's Waikiki. He's the lead guy in What We Do in the Shadows, mm. um, and now he's directing Thor 3. Mm. Uh, 18 is Central Intelligence the Dwayne Johnson movie 17 don't think twice it's alright think once (laughs) think once think twice Uh, three times lady (laughs) 16 how many songs we can uh... (laughs) 16 is Indignation don't know 15 Captain Fantastic okay (laughs) it's the unheard of Marvel film that slipped out under the radar where's Captain Kangaroo in there Oh, he's coming. Fuck, it's Captain Boomerang. Captain Boomerang. <laughs> Don't get even more fucking racist on us in the <laughs> Number 14, The Legend of Tarzan. Number 13, Hillary's America, The Secret History of the Democratic Party. Oh, dear. Okay. It's kind of reassuring. Is it number 13? Yeah, There's no good. Trump There's no, here, so Trump, Trump above There's no fucking say. Trump. Although there is, <coughs> in a way. We'll get to that. It's not Trump. 12, Cafe Society. 11, Finding Dory. 10, Ice Age, colon, collision course. (laughs) Words are funny. 9, Ghostbusters. 8, Nerve, which looks like shit. 7, Lights Out. 6, Nine Lives. 5, Star Trek Beyond, which I saw last week, and it was very bad. 4, The Secret Life of Pets. 3, Bad Moms. 2, Jason Bourne. And at number 1, of course, Suicide Squad. Executively produced by one of the biggest financiers of the Trump campaign. Oh dear. Seriously. Yeah. So technically there is Trump. Trump is there. It's all Trump. Someone's making money. Um, so here, here we go. Let's very, very quickly talk about these numbers because people have been very excited. So it's called, well, look, it made a lot of money. You don't get to, see DC, don't get to mm. say DC is in trouble. It made $133 million, broke records. For some perspective on that, number two this weekend was $22 million. So we have a hundred and ten million dollar jump 
between the second biggest film and the first biggest film. Do you remember where Batman vs Superman fell? No, I've forgotten. I've forgotten. Because so. it, it was still... Yeah, know, it's comparable. Compar- yeah, comparable. Here's the thing, though. People get all excited about it. Craig, you still with us, buddy? Because I know you've been talking about this a lot. Um, and this is an unfair platform for me to pull, call you out and then reply to you. Because um, I respect your opinion. But 133, yes, it's made a lot of money. Guess what? Massive drops after the first day because people went to see it, realized it was awful, told their friends, no one then wanted to see it. So what matters, yes, sure, the first day matters, the first weekend matters more. If there's a return, the second weekend matters even more. So I broke down here the top five films this week in terms of what they make Friday, Saturday, Sunday, just so everyone can have a little bit of perspective. Let's go with just the top three films. Bad Moms made $4.5 million on Friday. On Saturday, it made more money, $5.5 million. On Sunday, back down to $4 million. So around the same amount each day. Jason Bourne made $6.5 million on Friday. On Saturday, made $9.5 million. Big boost. Sunday, back down to $6.5 million. Less people go out on Sundays. Still around the same amount as it started, both of them. Both of them, the same sort of area. Suicide Squad on Friday, 60, well, nearly $65 million. Huge opening. Saturday, $38 million. Nearly half what it made. Sunday, $30 million. So within two days, it made less than half what it made on its first day out. Now, obviously, with a big opening like that, you're not going to sustain it, but you would for the weekend. It is dropped massively. The real tale will be by next weekend how it's doing. Um, I'm going to imagine it's slid a long way down this list. So, yes, for Warner Brothers, they've made good money on this, but this movie cost, I think it was $140 million to make. They made 130 Clearly, they're going to make it back with international sales. Is it going to be enough for a sequel? Probably. But are they going to be slightly worried about it? Yes, because reviews were bad and it dropped off heavily. Sequels will have them pausing. How do you treat the next film? Um, so I just feel the big things people talking about Suicide Squad are wrong. Yes, it's had a big opening. That doesn't mean much in that context. And the sexism, shut up. <laughs> let men and women look beautiful and sexy. Don't let people talk shit about people in misogynistic ways. Not cool. That's been our special Cambridge podcast. We got to the end, guys. Great I'm determined to get out for two hours. So we've got four minutes to wrap all this shit up. We Depressed. happy few. Oh, you want to talk about we happy few? We happy few. Oh yes, that's a good yes. idea. The exclusive uh, preview you can play now. Yep. K- Katie's playing yeah. this as well. So yep. we're getting a daily report. I, I played it. Yeah. Um. You so like two minutes. I was disappointed to be playing exactly what I'd seen in the demo, in the mm-hmm. Eve demo, and there not being a huge amount else. Um, it wasn't. I don't entirely know what I expected it to be, but it wasn't what I expected it to be. That wasn't necessarily a bad thing, I have to admit. I think my ultimate feeling was I played my trial. I'm not going to buy it because it's too soon. My ultimate feeling was I'm disappointed they've released it like this because I think they've got something there that could be something special, but I want to play it when it's ready. I don't want to play it when it's in this kind of a state. Um, I was surprisingly drawn to the survival aspect, um, but there's just not enough there yet, you know. Um, and it's very difficult. It's really quite difficult to, to, to actually survive for very long. Um, and um, I, I hear that you can actually chant. Ch- uh, <laughs> I try and talk again. Let me no. start over. I, I hear that you can actually change in the settings so that you can have another life or something. Mm-hmm. There's, there's something you mm-hmm. can do so you can, so it's not quite as difficult. Um, 
Um, but um, but yeah, I think ultimately I came out of it thinking really interesting. Still, I still love that intro. I still love that bit. It was for me that kind of stole the show. Uh, E3 mm. really the most interesting thing. Granted, there's a lot, you know, there like Bioshock, of course, but that's not a bad thing. And I still think the story itself came across as refreshingly its own thing and its own style and doing its own thing. Um, but I want to play it when it's done. I don't want to play it now. Mm. And yeah, I think ultimately that's what it comes yeah. down to for me. I spent some time with it and it is a bit like Bioshock on acid. I can see it going that way. And I like that. I like, I like what it's going to be. What I think it's, but you what could I just think take it's acid going to be. play Bioshock. You could, <laughs> it's true. Um, I, I like, I like it, it played a little bit like Bioshock to an extent to me, but it also played a little bit like a really quite... Um, I suppose intermediate RPG and I like those elements I like those bits I like the survival elements of it I think it has a lot of promise I too have a problem with the game preview program in that respect because I think some of the games that appear on there are so much promise and they just don't end up being quite what they are because I think there's so much pressure on them to perform while you're trying you know to improve on them while you're playing them and I think that's the problem that's too much pressure on developers they have, they I think have said they're holding back on the yeah. main character story mm. so so they won't be giving you that until mm. you know until it's actually I, I believe till it's fully formally released yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah I will play this mm. when it comes out and I'll also play Bioshock again when that comes out later this year Bioshock yeah I, I played a little bit of this I played a bit of E3 and then I played it um in the game preview thing, I did actually buy it because I was so excited about it, and I wasn't sure how it was going to be presented. Um, I didn't realise how far off it is as well. It's not released until 2017. Um, so a long time until the real version is out. I am struggling with it. I The opening, yeah, is fantastic. And yeah, I expected a Bioshocky game. I expected something more controlled, a bit more corridor-y, which I don't normally like. But for that kind of narrative thing, I like a focused experience. And it's not that. It, it, I don't like the survival elements. I don't like it feels quite janky at the moment. Um, yeah, it lacks purpose, obviously, at the moment as well. And yeah, it's for me, it's a very strange contender for why the fuck would you put this out in a game preview? Mm. It doesn't make mm. any sense to me. Mm. Games like The Long Dark make sense, Ark makes sense. You can mm. mess around on those things and build, and they get better mm. and better. Mm. Um, I don't understand why you put this out now. It's way too far out. Katie's playing it every night, and I talked to her last night, and she keeps telling me each day, I need to stop playing this game because it's mm. not good and I'm not enjoying it. Mm. But, and I was like, well, why do you keep going back to it? And she said, well, because. I just want a game where I can wander around and do, you know, like, like. Figure I was it. really drawn back to it. I mm. did consider, you know, paying for the for for the actual preview, but again, ultimately, my kind of, I don't know. There is a strong chance that they've just destroyed it. There is, mm. there's a very, very strong chance that mm. they've destroyed it, and uh, you know, m- my depriving myself it may be an idiotic move because it may never end up being more mm. than what it is. But at the yeah. same time, if there's an, even the slightest chance it's going to get past this and it's going to continue, I want to give yeah. it that chance because yeah, I yeah. want to see it be yeah. the game it could be. If the writing's that good and they could write an intro of that, mm. you know, then there's 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 a lot of possibility. Yeah. It, it struck me that there's potential. there's room for this to be. Um, a dead island mm. that sort of tone um, that sort of um, survival level of survival mechanics and I for one I'm excited about that because I, I, I'm a bit I'm a bit run down on the whole zombie thing I think we've been zombied out but the out. thing is something different 
The Clockwork Orange <laughs> thing, though, with that, you know, there's massive... Yeah, it, but that's worse because that's not how it seemed. Like, the beginning, it feels focused. It feels mm. really high quality. And as soon as I get out into the open areas in this, it just mm. feels not very good to no. me. And it's not a world I'm that interested in doing much no. in. Uh, but if the story was more focused and it was just, like, you know, really no. funneling me, I'd mm. like it yeah. a lot more, to be honest. Um, so I'm, I'm, yeah. Yeah, I'm worried about it now. I'm worried I, it'll be a game that I've already bought it, obviously, and it's cheaper if you mm. buy it now, which is good with game yeah. preview. So if you're thinking of getting it, or you think I'm definitely going to get it when it comes out, buy it now because it is cheaper. Don't play it, maybe, you know, wait yeah. until it's actually ready. Yeah, I think, I, think, I think you're probably right. I think it has ruined a little bit the, the enjoyment I, of it. But I, I think I it, didn't I think know there... about, I didn't know it was about to release in preview. And I, I probably, mm. it was probably very obvious. I'm sure it was shouted about. But for me, when I saw that trailer, I was like, wow, I can't wait, but I'm going to have to wait a year. And then suddenly it popped mm. up and I was actually disappointed about that mm. because... I just if it's not done, don't. Yeah. You know, I, I I agree. There are some scenarios where that works, uh, definitely, mm. but not like this. Minecraft. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Worked yeah, okay for Notch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, cool. Uh, thank you very much for listening to our podcast. I've been your host Al White. You can follow me on all the social medias, Mister Al White, but just M R. Someone asked about that. They thought it was M I S T E R. Nope. Just pretentious MR. Mr. Howie on all <laughs> social medias. I've got a website. You can check out some of my films. You can check out my music, Ghostlight, on iTunes. Um, we have a new album coming out later this year, which I'm excited about. Some depressing songs. Look forward to that. Uh, Dan, how can people hurl sexual abuse at you? Um, Twitter, Dan Housen, I believe, is my. Dan Housen, I believe. I, I, don't, I don't often check, but I might make a special effort to log in just and have a look yeah just to see just, if anyone's throwing you a picture of their penis or something. Uh, absolutely cool. i mean yeah please 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 do as many teraflops um, as possible in dan's direction <laughs> <laughs> it's a sausage striving to discover the truth <laughs> <laughs> dan job done that would be incredible excellent thank you um and jamie if people want to sh- just throw some mathematical equations for you to figure please out please do some redstone queries yeah whatever. oh yeah some redstone ideas yeah absolutely um i'm at wibbletasm so w-i-b-b-l-e-t-a-s-m and if you like compulsive retweeting then you could certainly follow me because I'm a compulsive, You're a compulsive re- retweeter. retweeter of uh, all things games, all things movies, and all things. Yeah, I like my music. Mom. She does it with so many yeah, politics. Yeah, I do. I do post, but I'm also very good at retweeting other stuff, which I find interesting. I comment on those. I comment on those retweets. So it's not. You're an just aggregator. Retweet. I'm an aggregator, if you like. Yes, yeah. There you go. Sounds good. There you go. Um, also, if you want to play video games with me, uh, Mr. Ry is also my name on Xbox. I like to twiddle my thumbs sometimes. Likewise, and I like playing games, yeah. guys. Dan, Jamie, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. You're most welcome. Thank you for inviting us. Hope we can do it again sometime. And it won't be this long. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We'll be back next Tuesday. It'll probably be the LA crew. So look forward to Australian voices and American voices and Hawaiian voices and stuff like that. And we're out. Geeks. 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 (laughs) Question mark. (laughs) (laughs)